you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy who's doing the pickup starts texting me. So he starts sending me pictures. Come on. Of the ones they have. Okay. <laughs> and his hand is in the picture. No. He has dirty fingernails. <laughs> and he's. I didn't want to see his hand. Now I, all I can think of is Man, his can hand. Can you get me some it. nail clippers? At, at the very least, could he not go the Kenny Pickett route and wear gloves? Wear gloves. Yeah. Wear gloves. Wear a glove. This is why if Kenny Pickett was an Uber Eats delivery guy, he, he would get huge tips because people, yeah, people would be like, ah, But then you'd be like, how big is that Gatorade, dude? Like, <laughs> I can't tell yeah. from... <laughs> I only wanted a 32-ouncer. I didn't want a gallon, Kenny. Oh, it is a 32-ouncer? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Good morning, Pittsburgh. It is the DVE Morning Show. And, you know, the COVID bug, boy, it bites. And uh, it it, it uh, definitely bit the morning show here. Mm-hmm. So Mike is out with COVID, but uh, he's not doing too bad. Like, I actually think he'll probably, probably be back tomorrow. Now, Val is sick, but she doesn't have COVID. At least she's not testing positive for COVID. But she's got the super high fever. She's got all the symptoms. Yeah. She's got a virus of some some kind that is kicking her ass. So I am on the recovery end of COVID where I may be contagious. Uh, so I have to wait a, l- a couple of days before I can come back to work. But I, I feel good. Uh, so we said, let's get people to fill in because Bill and I are doofuses. We, we can't do this by <laughs> ourselves without it just being mostly terrible. So we call on our buddy Tim Benz. But then Tim Benz is sick with maybe the COVID. They're I mean, dropping like flies. It's it's going around heavy right now. So Tim is going to do the show today. I think he's feeling well enough to do the show, but I'm not. I don't think he tested positive. Uh, but he'll join us for sports at the bottom of the hour. And there's still plenty of stuff to talk about with the Pens having been ousted. I mean, um, look, last week when we talked to Borky, he had COVID. Him and right. and Josh Getzoff were both out of the booth. Yeah, um, and they made it back in time for Game Seven. Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. No, I think it was fortunate, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I'm thought, trying to honestly, come to terms with that still. Staggy and Army did a great job. I mean, that is a, a heck of a, a pair to bring up. Oh, dude, yeah. Those guys are... They're not exactly like traditional backups. I mean, those guys are starters. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sta- Staggy does great play-by-play. Does great play Play by play. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and Colby is just one of the most entertaining guys and insightful guys out there. So it makes perfect sense that that would be good. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, thankfully, we have those kind of level of replacements this morning because Abby is going to fill in doing the news at seven, eight, nine, and Tim Benz is going to fill in with the sports at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, these are. This is my point. These are starters, right? You and I got starter. Now you are in the studio today. I am. And you got the red eye heart lights all around you. It looks like yeah. you're in an 80s movie. It's dark in here because it's either dark or pizza shop. Yes. Uh, so I chose dark because my eyes haven't adjusted to the sun yet. And I'm still a little upset about the penguins. Right. Yeah. Just sit in the dark. That'll make you feel better. Yeah. Tim will uh, have your sports at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a look at the weather, first of all, today. It was a little tricky yesterday. Probably more of that today. What's going on? 
Just a beautiful day today. Sunshine, few clouds, nice little breeze and a high temperature this afternoon near 70 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. Now we're talking. That's a temperature. There you go. Oh, yeah. 70 degrees. Dude, did we're you Nate. see the double rainbow yesterday? I, I saw pictures of it, but I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, dude. There was a rainbow and a double rainbow. That's pretty sweet. It made me think of that guy who lost his marbles whenever there was a double rainbow. He's like, rainbow, well, double rainbow. Yeah, he, like, he like started crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like. I mean, it was beautiful. Time to time to ratchet down the mushroom dosage there. I, you know, <laughs> let's let's go with more of a micro approach. <laughs> if you're crying at rainbows. Um, all right. So good. Weather wise, that's good. It was, you know, it gets too hot. I hate when we skip spring and it yeah. just goes to 80 degrees right. and you're just sweating balls everywhere you go. <laughs> so nice, cool day today. Uh, a North Carolina man can finally rest after competing or completing rather a five month long hike along the North Carolina mountains trail. Marshall is his name. That's his nickname. Obviously <laughs> he trekked the nearly 1200 mile North Carolina mountains to sea trail. His adventure started in January and he finished the home stretch on May 6th saying the last 70 miles was nothing short of spectacular. Wow, 70 miles. How long would it take you to do 70 oh, miles? Oh, I have no idea, man. What do you like when you're Four hiking days? and walking? A mile is about 20 to 30 minutes depending on the elevation, right? Like a, Well, depending on your pace, you know, if, yeah. if you're walking on a flat road, it's one thing. Right. If you're like, you know, Climbing over all of the makeshift hideouts that Eric Rudolph made in the North Carolina mountains <laughs> might take a little bit longer. Marshall's gained a lot of popularity on social media from documenting his journey with photos and videos. I mean, that that has become an occupation. If you can get people to just look at you doing stuff now, you can make money. That's a career. It's, it's incredible. I mean, look, if you're interesting enough, you get rewarded for it. I mean, that's a cool thing about this new age of uh, social media is that if you actually are interesting, you can make money from it. Now, people that I don't find interesting at all are also making millions of dollars because somebody finds them. Like that that weird crab rangoon girl that Val found. Yeah. This girl's just eating food. Right. And people are a million people watch her videos. That's weird. And I can only every time I see something like that, I always assume there's a sexual component to it that whoever's watching those videos is getting off on them. Yeah. You know? I never think it's like, oh, let's just watch Crab Rain Good. I think it's some weirdo with a shellfish fetish. <laughs> shellfish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's basically they call it food ASMR because of the sound that she's actually making chewing the food. And she eats like a slob. It's it's right. really weird. But she's, I guess, a pretty enough girl that it's not disgusting. Now, there's also a guy on the Internet who Tom Segura introduced us to, uh, King Ass Ripper. A King Ass Ripper, yeah. Who is also a glutton and would just pour an entire jug of ranch down his throat and that was the grossest thing ever and that video would have like you know a million and a half views yeah uh and he just farted right like that was king ass ripper's whole thing yeah. he would fart then he branched people... out to being a glutton it was like 
Okay, we've seen the farts. Now we want to see what's behind the farts. Did he, has he shown <laughs> his face then? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I, I didn't think he was showing his face for a while. Because I, I would imagine once you identify yourself as King Ass Ripper, it's tough to go into the law firm that week. Right, you know? right. Yeah, that that's going to become your full-time gig, mainly because you're <laughs> going to get fired from your other gig. Nobody's going to want you around after that. Tough to uh, tough to just roll into the workplace after being identified as K-A-R. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, all these people that hike and do all this stuff, you know, like, not only can you make money on the Internet if you can get people to watch you, you can make money by telling people how to make money. Yeah. By getting people to watch them. Well, I think a lot of people are confused about why those kinds of people make money, and it's really just views and following. If you yeah. have a big enough following companies start to come in and say, all right, we want you to endorse our product because you have X amount of people watching every single one of your videos. I know this is oversimplification, but it's basically everyone has their own TV channel. And if you get yeah. enough people to watch it, yep. somebody's going to want to run commercials on it. And I love finding the people who think that they're sponsored <laughs> and have no following. Those people are really amusing to me because they're acting as if, I mean, my girls were doing this for years, Randy. I mean, they had a YouTube channel that was running every single day, except they didn't have a YouTube channel. <laughs> so every video they sent to the family, they'd be like, hit like and subscribe and give us our comments uh, down below. And like, this is going to the family. Smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> right. Oh, great. It's hilarious. So they would do it and said it's like they didn't actually have their own YouTube set no, up. They were never just did. using the, the, the verbiage. The verbiage of, of the influencers. Yeah, because that's, you know, YouTube Kids has basically taken the place of Saturday morning cartoons. They watch these influencers who have channels where they're just doing nothing but challenges and pranks and fails and they're you know surprising their friends with big gifts and so that is in their mindset now as kids like let good some good most bad of just walking around like you are an influencer regardless if you are or not yeah i don't think that matters uh that's so interesting though because we grew up on those cartoons and i don't know you know, it didn't turn us into a bunch of people who were launching cannonballs at one another or dropping <laughs> no. anvils on each other's heads or anything. So I don't know how much behavior modification happens from growing up watching that stuff. I guess the only thing that I would worry about is that there's this compulsion for people to get credit for doing good things by filming them. You know, like when you talk about like giving the friends big gifts and stuff the inclination people might have now to oh i could do something nice and then get social credit for it yes there's instead, always that incentive now instead of just doing something nice yeah which you know is nice well i guess <laughs> the the other problem with it is that it is by nature self-centered it is focused on you what are you doing to be popular how are right. you everything is about you right um well i'm sure that, that won't have that, any, that can't be good 
that won't have any dire consequences. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Snapchat's co-founder is paying off student debt to new graduates of an L.A. art and design school. Evan Spiegel and his wife, Miranda Kerr, donated over $10 million to Otis College of Art and Design. They make the elevators. The 285 lucky students from the class of 2022 will have their student debt completely paid off by the largest donation the school has ever received. Spiegel issued a statement calling it a privilege to support the school's class of 2022. Um, you know, that one comedian that does all those videos where he like, you know, goes from like regular tone of voice to the music comes on and he's like, what is your problem? You know, yeah. he, he had one yeah. uh, a funny one about student debt where he was like, you know, my college is asking me if I would like to donate to the alumni fund. And then the music starts. He's like, what happened to the first $60,000 I gave you? I'm not done paying that off yet. How did you go broke? Did you buy some of your books? I think that so dude's first videos were about Ikea. Yes, it was awesome. He's like, I'm not going to ever come here again. Good. Don't. Do us a favor. Yes. You think I want to be here? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa Momoa is apologizing to fans <laughs> for taking photos inside the Sistine Chapel. Oh Jesus. Uh well I guess Oh well, yeah, I mean that's appropriate. He posted a photo of himself on May 9th inside the famous chapel adorned with Mike Michelangelo. Are you a Michelangelo or a Michelangelo guy? I thought it was Michelangelo, but then I just can't help but think about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh right. Well, I always said Michelangelo, but I never said uh, give me an uh, Michelob Ultra. You know, so right. I, I don't know. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I contain multitudes. Fans quickly pointed out that visitors are typically forbidden from taking pictures. Oh, a bunch of snitches. Shut up. Momoa later mm -hmm. took to Instagram to say sorry by posting a shirtless workout. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Look, dude, if I was that guy, I would be sure oh, yeah. all the time. Man. I like, would look, yeah, never have a I shirt on. I could influence policy. And, uh, you know, I would. he should have had the Sistine Chapel painted on his chest I and mean, then just taken an Instagram shot of him flipping the bird, yeah, like yeah. double bird. How <laughs> about this Sistine Looks Chapel? better on me. I'm a walking Sistine Chapel over here. That's right. Or as Bill Crawford calls it, the 16th chapel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of my favorite malaprops on the show. Yeah, I mean, you had a Norm Crosby-like penchant there for a while of just, you had a run uh, yeah, had of a run. malaprops. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of my favorites, too. <laughs> 16th chapel. The first 15 aren't that great. Not that great. To the 16th, they nailed the it. Sometimes it takes a while to hit your stride as a chapel maker. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he's this is hilarious he's doing a shirt shirtless workout as we all do by the way why does fitness 19 keep getting mad at me for doing that um that video in which he said it wasn't his intention to disrespect the culture by taking the photo the photo it has three million views so just yeah i mean who wouldn't want to see a dothraki do burpees in the sistine chapel <laughs> i'm watching that Han, want to watch a Dothraki do burpees? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? It's Dothraki Aquaman. It's Aquaman. He's killing it. He's doing a hit workout. <laughs> He's in Rome shooting the 10th installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. Okay. Um, wow. There's truth time, as uh, Bert likes to say. 
I've only seen the first Fast and Furious. I never watched any more. Yeah, is that that's not? I mean, I haven't either. But I turned one on on HBO last week, and they were in space. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing so hard. I'm like, they're in space oh, now. Wow, they are so furious. Oh my god. There's <laughs> like that one rapper is like flying around in space. Ludicrous. <laughs> Yeah, Ludacris is in space. Did like, he hit Ludacris have, speed? Yes, like, <laughs> these guys have come a long way from just stealing cars. Apparently, not that hard to drive around in space. Yeah. You just got to get up there. Let's steal a space shuttle. And then Vin, Vin Diesel must have figured out a way to get Elon Musk to launch them into space. space. <laughs> that dude, I, I understand every third word that he says. Where is he from? Is he fr like I don't understand his accent at all? Uh, Dothraki, do burpee. <laughs> Small. Or is he village. like one of those Madonna-like people who just has a weird accent and isn't from anywhere special? Uh, I think it's one of those things. Uh, speaking of those spaceships, a House subcommittee holds a public hearing today to talk about UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena. But no, no, no. It's the first such open mm -hmm. congressional hearing in more than 50 years. It's being led by Democratic con Congressman Andre Carson of Indiana, who says there's a need to look into the threat to national security posed by unidentified flying objects. A closed classified briefing will follow the public portion of this morning's hearing. Now, Vin I get Diesel it. better be in that, in, that <laughs> in that briefing. Ludacris better be running. <laughs> I mean, that guy's been up there. Space Force. I mean, they need to be at the head of it. They need to yeah. collaborate with the Fast and Furious team. And lastly, police are looking for thieves who stole an ATM but couldn't open it in Eureka, Missouri, 30 minutes outside of St. Louis. The suspects allegedly broke through a fence at Brookdale Farms, stole the ATM on Monday. However, they dumped <laughs> it on a highway after failing to get it open. Yeah, I mean, that's the fatal flaw in your plan if you don't know how to actually break into it after that. Yeah. You think you would figure out a way... I I would be worried there's a homing device on those things. So, like, wherever you took it, right? if you didn't break into it's it pretty tracking quick. tracking you. Yeah. I would be worried that, you know how, like, sometimes in, a, in a, like, a bank heist, they'll say, like, there's a dye pack that explodes with, like, yeah. purple ink? I would be worried that there would be that times 10 in there. Some kind yeah, of, like, M80 of <laughs> purple dye. You open it up and Ludacris comes out with a gun. I got you now. <laughs> the cars. It's the DVE morning show.
Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show. The car is just what I needed. When we come back, sports Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. The Penn season all wrapped up now, and now the game of now what? And Antonio Brown wants to retire a Steeler, he says. Mm-hmm. Soft dumps with Joe Bartnick on the way at 645 DV. From the Bridgeville Appliance Weather Center, Bridgeville Appliance is hiring now. Inquire at bridgevilleappliance.com. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. You probably get a lot of reminders. How about one for your car insurance? Go to Safe Auto. All right, Mike Pursuta out today. Tim Benz filling in with your sports here on the DVE Morning Show. Benzie. Brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. The Penguins will hold exit interviews with the media today. If there is a media core to hold the interviews with, of course, because <laughs> as you were lining up earlier, Randy, it extends beyond the DVE studios. The entire Penguins media core has COVID. Uh, uh, wow. boy, it seems like most of the town does uh, right now. And uh, you are so far so good. Yes, my streak of COVID tests is now extended to uh, approximately 48 and one I had uh, one non Clear, positive <laughs> test, negative test back in, like, December, the first time COVID rolled around. So I'm undefeated against COVID, but I took two more tests yesterday, and they both came up negative. I think I just have a little head cold or something like that. Yeah, well, the allergies are kicking everyone's ass. I'll tell you, when I when I tested positive last week, you know, you test positive, and you're like, oh, boy, I better test again just to make sure this isn't a false positive. <laughs> and I tested again. And you know how you have to wait 15 minutes? It didn't even – it was like one minute a a dark purple line. It basically was like flashing. You know, remember those like eat at Joe's signs? Like, like <laughs> yeah. That's what it was doing. It was like, you have COVID. Quit it. Just go lay down, dumbass. Not only do you have COVID, but you're pregnant, Randy. So you better <laughs> you better take care of yourself. Actually, I'll tell you what. Taking, taking two COVID tests is totally practical, normal, and everything. I actually did that, the first pregnancy test that came back positive for my first child, Kennedy. I thought we got a bad box. I peed on a strip. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure. You know, you know, can't screw around there. <laughs> you um, really have but, to be sure. But I'll tell you what, though. You got to be feeling good about uh, escaping it because I felt defeated when I got it, though I shouldn't have. I mean, I was in 
Vegas for the draft and New Orleans for Jazz Fest. I mean, I was basically courting it, you know. Um, yeah, but <laughs> you really were. After evading it for so long, I was like, son of a, all right, okay. If my third one comes back negative, I'm going to try to go to the Stone Temple Pilots concert tonight, and then I'll just get it there. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll claim victory and then allow my wife to get it. Yeah. But they said <laughs> that they think that 60% of the cases right now are being spread because of people who have zero symptoms but are positive, like their symptoms haven't developed yet. And they're like, I'm fine. And then they go to the Stone Temple Pilots concert, and then they give it to, you know, the DeLeo brothers. Yeah, well, maybe I'll just give whatever cold I've got to everybody else, and we'll find out that's worse. And I'll be patient zero for the new pandemic, whatever. Where's it is. that show at, by the way, Tim? Stage A. Oh, that, is it inside with uh, Hailstorm and uh, Blackstone Cherry? Nice. Ooh, that's a good show, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen them well. before. I saw them with Rival Sons like in 2014 or something like that. They're pretty good. Uh, are you talking about Bl Blackstone, uh, Blackstone Cherry? Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about them. I don't, I'm not a huge Hailstorm fan, but uh, I got nothing against them. Anyways, uh, tell us what's going on sports wise here in this town. It, you know, as you said, most of the sports writers having COVID, but uh, you know the Penguins uh, situation right now. They can quarantine for about a couple months at least. Yeah, they got some time off. They can uh, they can avoid whatever pandemic is out there and come back and play hockey healthy in the fall. And we'll see what the roster looks like when they do that because we're not sure right now. Chris Letang, Brian Rust, Ricardo Raquel, of course, Sivni Malkin, among those players who are unrestricted free agents. The Penguins now haven't won a postseason series since. You know what? I think, you're, I think your uh, microphone just developed COVID. Oh, did it? Mm. Okay, now it stopped popping. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, the Penguins haven't won a first-round playoff series since uh, 2018. That was their last series victory against the Philadelphia Flyers. Five straight playoff defeats, four of them in the first round. Uh, after the game at Madison Square Garden, City Crosby talked about the recent playoff failures. I mean, they're all different. They don't, it's kind of hard to go through all of them, but, um, you know, I, I think of if we were to group all of them, I think this one probably feel like we, we deserve better if I was to kind of categorize all of them. Jake Gensel talking about why falling short in the first round this year was so tough to digest. Just the injuries throughout the whole year, the COVID. I think we went through a lot as a team. and You know, I thought we, we had something special there. You know, we had depth up and through our lineup and, you know, their coaching staff. So I thought we were, thought we were close to make it run and it just didn't go our way. Mark Madden of 105.9 The X on My Breakfast with Ben's podcast, Trib Live, says that he's not expected to see President of Hockey Operations Brian Burke back next year, and he wouldn't be completely stunned if General Manager Ron Hextall is gone sooner rather than later as well. NHL playoffs resume tonight. Tampa Bay against Florida. That series starts at 7. Then it's St. Louis taking on Colorado at 9.30. The Panthers are minus 162 favorites. Tampa plus 130 underdogs. St. Louis, a plus 305 underdog. The Avalanche at minus 400, a favorite there. So in the meanwhile, here in Pittsburgh, we can all now turn to the Pittsburgh Pirates for our sporting entertainment, and hallelujah for that. They just won't disappoint, will they? <laughs> Chicago beat them 9 to nothing last night, and it was 8 nothing after the first inning. In fact, 
check this out. Here's a statistical anomaly. It wasn't enough for them to be a statistical anomaly to get no hit and win on Sunday. (laughs) They had to go the next five innings without getting a hit. And top of that, in the first innings, they allowed Grand Sam to the lead fighter. Wilson hit bomb against the Spurs. We lost you again. We lost you again. The damn thing. Ah, man, oh, right when you were making the great point. All right, wait, try it again now. So this is the by play of Carreras hit a grand slam for the Cubs. That one drilled out towards left center field. That one on its way. Gone. Grand slam. All right. That's oh, the first sad. time since 2016 someone has been a leadoff there. The whole team is batted around, and he's hit a grand slam. All right. We're going to recalibrate your mic. Son of a – it was kind of going in and out there at the end, but uh, sometimes okay. that happens in the early morning. We'll figure it out. Tim Benz live from his his uh, sports lair this morning <laughs> filling in. Mike has COVID. Val has something worse than COVID. I don't know. She is – I mean, she got walloped with something. Um, so she's going to be uh, sleeping in today. Abby will be filling in with a news update for you. Does she have at the COVID? Top of the hour. Abby? Yeah. No, I don't believe so. I believe okay. she's, she's, she's evading. She might it, get it from point. doing the show today. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> it's a possibility. Soft dumps with Joe Bartnick. We wrap up the Penguin season through Joe's eyes when we return. Billy Gardell on the show in the 9 o'clock hour and... Also, a brand new preview coming up. You won't want to miss the Yinzer Swindler. It's on Netflix TV. No one leaves hungry after listening to this show. All right, I'll send it up to you. Michelle Michaels brings you the all-request electric lunch at two. It's time for soft dumps with Joe Bartnick. Soft dumps. Well, there's nothing better than a soft dump to create some good offense. With Joe Bartnick on DVE. Joey B. <laughs> Uh, What's happening, guys? Still nice. Still good to know that Booker still loves me. Booker gives you the goodbye bark, and what a season it was. It's a sad bark. It was a sad bark. It was. But, uh, you know, they gave it their best effort. Joe, I'm one of those people who didn't think they had much of a chance going into that series. They sucked me back into believing. And uh, then I had my heart broken all over again. But, uh, (laughs) boy, do I admire the way that they, they ended up playing, given... They had their third-string goaltender in half the time, and their superstar was out for two games after a cheap shot. Well, absolutely. I mean, just think back to September. No Sid, no Gino. I was looking at the lottery. So the fact they made the playoffs <laughs> yeah. is incredible. Right. Yep. And then, you know, I was like, you know what? Last run of Sid and Gino. Let's just be happy. Let's just enjoy it. And then after the first 10 minutes of the period one, game one, when they were running us, I had all the vigor of 1992, and I wanted somebody dead yeah. on the Rangers. So. <laughs> yeah. This was all, an incredibly it, hateable team. You know, especially Reeves, who's just a bum. You know, oh, he can give a pregame speech. You, you, you know, he's like a little three-year-old in the locker room. Give me a break. <laughs> but, like, to Bill's point, it, it is an eminently hateable team. But it just it, it took me one period to hate them more than I hated anybody since the last time we played somebody in the playoffs. There's nothing like playoff hockey. It definitely gets the blood flowing. You know, it, it, it's funny. It came down to the helmet rule, kind of. And I remember when they instituted the helmet rule, I'm like, you know what's going to happen? The Flyers are just going to rip people's helmets off. Because the first thing I think of instantly is, how will the Flyers use their advantage? No, it was our <laughs> yeah. second most dated rival. It was the Rangers that did it, you know. Uh, 
uh, Latang, Gino, Sidney, Crosby. Obviously, eighty-seven goes nowhere. But what else do you see happening? Well, exactly. I mean, I think the next time they all skate together will be at the Sidney Crosby, you know, uh, foundation benefit <laughs> fantasy camp. Yeah. I, I hope me and Burn can do a set. Yeah. Bill, you want to come do the set too for that one? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to open that. Here's my question though: Will seventeen be here next year? I think that's the bigger question. I think that's the guy we would miss the most. And, you know, the Rusty Razor. What's funny is that this series gave us all a little last taste of the greatness of those three. You know, we had Gino with the overtime beat everyone down ice, win the game. We had Latang, you know, screwing around with the puck, losing it, giveaway, goal, back of the net, <laughs> vintage, vintage Latang. And then we had the Rusty Razor scoring in an elimination game, Mr. Elimination, but it's just, it just wasn't meant to be. I, I would like to see Russ come back more than all of them, even though I am, you know, a Gino guy. I think he's the most irreplaceable. I, you know, how are you, you going to find better than Rust? No one, no one's Rust. So we shall see, but you know, there's no one to blame, but you know, we can blame the cheap shot. It wasn't cheap shot. I don't care what anything Truba says. I believe him if he didn't already go after Snake's head once and right. two other people, mm -hmm. you know, this season. <laughs> that is like a fourth time. It can't be a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, Randy, Bill, when you lose three, when you're up three one and you lose after being up two nothing in game five, two nothing in game six, and three two <clears throat> in game seven. You don't want to blame but yourself, but you wonder, hey, what's wrong with your life? Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. They, they can blame who they want, but it's all their own fault. You got to just play better defensively. I mean, I don't think there's any question. You can't hold a lead. You're not going to go very far in the postseason. It was so aggravating to see it happen three games in a row like that. But just dumb plays. Like, you know, Erod, that stupid penalty in oh, game oh. six. The that worst. was the Dominic Simone penalty of 2018. And I had to look at Dominic Simone for two and a half more years. Please, dear God, get rid of Erod. I never want to see him again. It's like looking at your ex-girlfriend having the time of her life on Facebook. I never <laughs> want to see it again. <laughs> now, Joe, would you feel the same way if that shorty was the game winner? You know, I still don't want him back because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really. You can't do that. You just, you just can't do. You know, Erod. You know, it's one thing if Sid wants to do that, but Erod, you're barely on the team. You're barely on the team. I mean, I would have Zahorna playing ahead of him anyway. You know, it's his. You know, we've said it all year. It's like his Make a Wish Foundation. He's on the Penguins. So please take a hit to the head. Did you know the helmet rule? By the way, because, you know, Mike Sullivan didn't, Sidney didn't, uh, you know, obviously Pedersen didn't. Everyone thought you had to leave the ice if your helmet comes off, but apparently you don't. You can just put it back on. I don't want to say, that, I don't want to make it sound like I know more than those guys, but I did know that you could put it back on. But the fact is, no one ever does. Right. No one, I mean, you're in the middle of a power. You're in the middle of a power play. You're not just going to reach down. Excuse me, guys. I've got to put my helmet back on. I mean, that's. Yeah, and that's what, how I knew it because I figured who would use it to the advantage for themselves and not us. You know, I figured the Flyers would be doing that to us. So I, that's how I, I just knew it. But no one ever does. It's but it's my same thing of why when someone breaks their stick on the penalty kill, they run and get they run and they you know sit there and play without a stick. It's like go get a new stick. Yeah. The same thing. I, I would think put on your helmet and keep playing. Don't go ninety feet down the ice. But. You know, there, there's too many other problems with, with the team, and just the fact they made it this far was kind of nice enough, but they just so close. It just rips your heart out.
Yeah, no, it's completely heartbreaking. The entire postseason is just made for heartbreak. Uh, now, looking at the future of these Penguins, what do you see? Shake up the uh, the the crystal ball. Tell me what you see mm-hmm. in the future. Do well, the, the new Fenway owners come in and get rid of, of uh, Hextall? Because that's what I was wondering all morning. Like, why would they keep him? Uh, he, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's done three things that were questionable and I, couldn't do anything else because his hands were tied. I think Hextall has been a horrible GM. I mean, what's he going to do next? He's going to hire Leah Hextall to coach the team? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that, that's why I wasn't upset at what happened in the playoffs because I thought his job at the deadline, he, he did a terrible job, and I just thought we had no hope when everyone else got better. Uh, I wouldn't bring Hextall back whatsoever. I'm kind of upset about Burke not having more of a power say because you know Burke wanted to get someone in to crack somebody's skulls. That never happened. Looking ahead, we got we still got one of the five best players in the world. He's on Mount Rushmore of all time. And I think Jake really became a star this year. Last year, this time, we're worried. Can he play in the playoffs? Is he too little? Does he get beat up? I would have nine goals in six games. So I think Jake's there. Yep. And and I think Jari overcame. You know, he's always going to choke in the big game. I mean, the poor guy didn't play in a month and a half, and they throw him into Madison Square Garden game seven. So I I, I think we're in good hands there. The one point I didn't want to make is I think it really showed that Dumoulin, man, I know he played haphazardly this year and not his best season, but, man, did we miss him when it mattered. Because I think you hold a lead every now and then when Dumo's on the ice, and I I think that's the problem with Latang when he signed that $7 million deal. I'm like, number one defenseman, you're Shea Weber, you're Duncan Keith, you're Scott Stevens. Those guys, when they're on the ice, that's when you don't worry about giving up the goals. When Latang's on the ice, that's when you worry the most. Why am I happier with Chad Ruido out there than Christopher Latang? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was a truncated season, a truncated postseason anyways for the uh, Penguins, who I thought definitely after they went to that 3-1 lead were going to be able to advance. Now we get to just enjoy the Rangers getting their ass handed to them by Carolina and make lots of money betting against them. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm not going to watch that series. I'm going to watch the other three. I'm still a little butthurt. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to hate watch the hell out of that series, man. I am I am watching that with a bunch of rage. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an interesting offseason. Maybe maybe we'll get Vinny Trocheck in here, the Pittsburgh kid. Uh, we we just need some more lumber, you know. But I hope I hope Sully sticks around, and I hope the guys from Massachusetts don't change up too much. But we shall see. Joe Bartnick, soft dumps that rap that puts a wrap on 2022 soft dumps here the on final DVD. dump. And when is uh, the Netflix special coming out? Netflix, we're editing it right now, but the but the Bill Burr friends who kill with me and Atel and Jackie Kirsten and a bunch of other people that should be out very soon. Awesome! So. All oh, right, that's great. Really Joe. looking forward to it. Joe Bartnick. Uh, that that's a wrap, as you said, Bill. The final dump of 2022. <laughs> Play the sad dump music, boys. I'm out of here. You don't want to go through another summer with that awful joint pain, do you? Well, then. Appliances Studios, where Pittsburgh shops for appliances. This is WDVE Pittsburgh. I had a friend uh, who did this. He married a vegan, and all she made was vegan food. And so he swore up and down that he loved it, and he felt a lot better, and he was glad that this had been implemented mm-hmm. in his life. And the minute he got hammered, he would go to Burger King or he would <laughs> really? like go to a diner. <laughs> and 
we would always be like, dude, what happened? I thought the vegan lifestyle was the way to go. And he would be like, this meatball omelet is the best thing I ever tasted. Like, he would <laughs> talk about omelet. it in such glowing terms. But because he was so irregularly eating meat, it would wreck him when he did. <laughs> so every time he fell oh, off I the bet. wagon, he fell right onto the toilet. It's a sad life when you think about it. When a guy has to have a side Chick-fil-A, that is, that's a rough life. <laughs> Randy and the DVE Morning Show. I'm just saying, I talked to him recently. He got divorced, and so he just eats meat all the time now. But like, <laughs> oh. I don't think that's why he got divorced. But silver lining? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was nice collateral benefit of it all. Uh, as we told you, everyone has COVID or some kind of sickness. So Val is out. Mike is out. We got Tim Benz doing sports. And Abby is here doing news this morning. Hey, hey, hey. Booker is barking. Everybody's so happy. Thanks for getting up and getting here early. And you're wearing your UFO shirt. Mark Madden would be very happy. I know. It's strangers in the night. It's a very cool shirt, but it's printed well, poorly. It's like one of those that, like, if this goes in the wash, it's going to get crispy. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. understand how they do that. Why? Like, I, well, I don't like the shirts where there's a heavy logo or pattern. That's what on this them. is. Yeah, it's yeah. really heavy. Like, it makes a sound. Yeah. <laughs> this is ASMR for, <laughs> for bad T-shirt screen printing. And now, for creepy people out there, Abby will make sounds with her shirt. You've got to wash that in the crick and then just air dry it. Just Febreze it, hang it back up. It. <laughs> yeah, because I bought a, show, a shirt from a local place. It was this cool local theme shirt. And then it had like the he I thought it was like in the fiber of the shirt, like the print. And instead it was like something that I used to do in seventh grade where you would iron on. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But UFO those shirts are very hard to find. So I'm kind of like, you know, this is what I'm stuck with. And that's fine. Well, I would... I would also think that most UFO fans are prone to buying like the old school heavy cotton T-shirts that weigh like they're, they're like just short of a burlap sack. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bigger than this one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, you got the baby one on right now. Like, hey, you got any grandkids? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Weather-wise, uh, things turning around a bit today. Let's look at the weather from the Channel 11 Weather Center. Just a beautiful day today, sunshine, few clouds, nice little breeze, and a high temperature this afternoon near 70 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's like 62 right now, and uh, it's uh, apropos uh, of the news, you're wearing that UFO shirt, because there are the UFO hearings that are going on right now, where they're going to try and sort of get to the bottom of what's going on with all of these unidentified flying objects in the sky. You know what I saw? Um <sighs> End of last month was that um, it's like a space link satellite. Oh, yeah. Apparently, a lot of my neighbors have seen here in Robinson, McKee's Rocks. And I, I thought I was seeing something very, very special. And so I was like freaking out and I'm trying to film it. Terrible, terrible video. Um, but that creeped me out. Have you seen it yet? Do you know what I'm talking about? I saw the video that you posted, yeah. and it looked very strange, like it's something like that we should have all been aware of. I'm I'm really, I felt dumb that I didn't know what it was, and I didn't want to freak out too much, and then have like Pit Girl be like, you're an idiot. This is mm, what yeah. this actually is. Um, but Pit Girl it, it has become the lunar cop for everybody in town. <laughs> I actually wanted to like message her privately 
and just send that video and be like, tell me what yeah. this is before I sound like an idiot. <laughs> but it does. It looks like a space bus because there's so many satellites on it and so many lights that it's just this kind of straight line that goes all the way across the sky. It looks. Yeah. And then it just disappears, which was just, that was the creepy part. I just assumed it was ludicrous filming the new too fast, too furious <laughs> in space. In space. In space. Um, Abby's got a news update for you right now. What's going on? The news hour is brought to you by Ireland Contracting. Today is primary election day in Pennsylvania. Polls are open now until 8 p.m. And anyone in line at 8 p.m. will be allowed to vote. In Allegheny County, about 30% of registered Democrats and 35% of Republicans are expected to cast ballots in the primary. The state does have a site where you can search for your polling place using your address. That's at pavoterservices.pa.gov. Elon Musk has now said that his $44 billion Twitter deal cannot move forward until he has clarity on the bot numbers. Twitter estimated in a filing earlier this month that fewer than 5% of its monetizable daily active users during the first quarter were bots or spam accounts. But Musk estimates that around 20% of the accounts on Twitter are fake or spam accounts. And he's concerned that the number could be even higher, saying that his offer was based on Twitter's uh, SEC filings being accurate. Oh, so yeah, it's oh. like when you buy a house and then all of a sudden the home inspection comes back and it's right. like, actually, you got a bunch of bots in the basement. Bots yeah. are like mold. Yeah, you have yeah. to disclose that. Well, I read that thread that the the head of Twitter, whatever that guy's name is, uh, he talked about how hard it is to actually weed out bots. And he said that they are able to get most of them out, but there's always going to be around 5% of the accounts that are are going to make it through the bot filters that they have. And he said, you'd be surprised how many times they find out that like, you know, John 0006432, you know, eight, nine with mm-hmm. an egg for the uh, profile pick is an actual person. <laughs> That's and just very, like, let's start doing literate, documentaries right. on those people. Like, what are you doing here? What's what's with the Twitter handle? What's with the non-profile pick? What's your deal? I'm telling you right now, everybody is flipping out about Twitter and that, oh, it's going to be ruined. I, again, I've said it and I've used the analogy before. This is like someone new taking over the sewage plant. Make it worse so I stop going there. I, it's fine. Get yeah, me throw off the drug. On the fire. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to do it anymore. I, I, Which honestly, it like, it'd be the best thing that could happen. Wasn't there some stat that like there's only like maybe only twenty percent of Twitter's users actually even post or like or, or heavy users yeah. rather like those yeah. are the people that are having all of these huge social conversations that are kind right. of shaping everything because mm-hmm. the rest of us are just voyeurs and and watching the excrement show. Right. Yeah. And well, furthermore, the uh, amount of people who are on Twitter is really low. And we think everybody's on Twitter and it's not, not the majority of people. It's no. like 25 percent of people actually are on Twitter on a regular basis. More so people are on really- Instagram. More people are on TikTok. Yeah. More people. Well, yeah. Way more people are on Facebook. Yes. Right. And so we seem to think because of Twitter, sort of the the way that it's set up, that it reflects what is actually happening in the world. And Twitter's not the real world. So, but I don't know. Did you see Elon Musk's mom is posing in the new 
swimsuit issue for Sports Illustrated? No, stop. No. What? So Did the not? new Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue caused a lot of trouble yesterday on on the Twitter uh, because they're doing a lot of body posit body positive stuff. Uh, and they have some older people on it. One of them is Elon Musk's mom, who's a very pretty older woman. But it's Elon Musk's mom. And people, there are people who love Elon Musk and people who don't. So, you know, uh, there was a lot of why are you doing this? There are plenty of other people you could have featured here who are older and beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's a plus size model that was featured. And that got Jordan Peterson all mad. And then all the Jordan Peterson acolytes got very upset that they had a plus size model on because they didn't think that that was an actual uh, representation of what is really beautiful. So, like, you know, a lot of stupid arguments, basically. This is why yeah. I'm saying we don't need Twitter. It's if, it, you, you, if if Elon Musk buys it and ruins it by letting all the Nazis back in, we'll all be better for it. You, you What's know, he going to do? Put his naked mom on there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Honestly, Twitter reminds me of sometimes it reminds me of a conversation that if it were going on at a wedding and I was sitting down at a table, I'd find a reason to go get another drink and never come back. <laughs> exactly. I would Boy. tap out of almost every conversation I see happening online. But there's a couple. I don't know why I go back. I mean, mostly it's for music and sports is what I really want to get out of it now. I think early on, like everybody, like at the beginning of sort of this whole influx of we're all getting our news from social media that we all kind of have an, had an addiction to that news feed. And now we realize the filters that are put in place and algorithms that stop us from seeing certain things and only allow us to see other things. And you realize, oh, well, if I really want to know what's going on, I actually have to do some digging now. That is the unfortunate mm -hmm. reality. Um, but you can't escape it. I mean, that's really the inherent problem with Twitter versus, let's say, Instagram. Uh, that stuff gets interjected into ev into music and into sports. Like politics is so ubiquitous now that even the stuff that you love, you're going to have to take a position on what's happening politically, depending on what band you like. You know, Eric Clapton's coming to town. Well, uh, am I an anti-vaxxer if I go see him? Am I a bad person in supporting anti-science if I go see him? I mean, will I my algorithm so. change permanently? Right. Mm -hmm. you know? And then also, that's the other problem with what Elon wants to do. And he's like, oh, we're going to fix the algorithms. And they're like, you can't have total free speech and and think that you're going to refine the algorithms. It's not going to work that way. So they're kind of butting up against ideologies here. And also Tesla <laughs> lost forty four billion dollars in value in the latest dip in the stock market. And that might have as much to do with what's going on there with Twitter as anything else. Like but. we are living in the dystopian future that we've seen in movies now like the guy who bought twitter and also owns tesla and a spaceship is talking about his mom being on the cover of a swimsuit <laughs> magazine like what what on earth are we actually doing here what what comic book issue of superman was it where lex luther's mom posed in a swimsuit <laughs> Or which one was he listening to Grimes exclusively? Right. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, Grimes kind of gets away. Like, she's unscathed, right? Nobody, uh, nobody yeah, heard of Grimes. I don't know. She's uh, super out there. Yeah. You know, I, I'm okay with whatever Grimes wants to do. I mean, they named their baby like AX7 or something like that. Uh, and that's up to them. Wow. But seriously, it has like a dash. In I know, I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I used to skip that story when it came out because I was like, uh, 
I'm gonna uh, Anima. I don't know what the baby's name is. <laughs> X. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Which makes it difficult when you're trying to tell Giant Eagle how to make the birthday cake. I mean, those people are yeah. not going to know yeah. what to do. They're like, you're telling me you want a wait a hyphen? There's a dash in this. <laughs> what I want is like a full pendulum swing, like what you were just talking about of of this algorithm-driven uh, news and entertainment. Like, I'm just hoping that my kid. Bill's kids like just yeah. almost reject all this and just go, eh, it's all mm. like watching a movie. It's not real. I'm going to go yeah. outside. I don't know that that will happen uh, or that they'll have I the hope. resources kind of in yeah. play, but I almost, you know, I don't have as much difficulty lately getting her like off a device. Oh, really? Well, I really don't. It's, it's odd. I don't know if that's just because she's gotten a little bit older. Um, that makes sure you know, a problem. If I'm like, put that down, we are going outside. She goes, all right. You could do what my dad did and buy them fireworks, you know, because they really will get captivated with the explosions and the fire and things like that. And it just becomes more attractive to uh, blow up army men and set them on fire with lighter fluid than it would be to go on social media, I would imagine. One of the, 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 the most dangerous social media apps that the kids absolutely love is Snapchat. And Snapchat has a way of keeping kids engaged that is sinister. They have these things called streaks. So everybody that you're friends with, if you like like a post of theirs or they communicate with you or say like, oh, hey, what's up? That is considered like a connection in a streak. And so what happens is every single one of their friends, they have a streak number going. Oh, it's been a 100 days since I've, you know, you have to do it every single day. So you keep these streaks streaks going and the other thing is there is a map where everybody has their location on and like last night we had to go to target for something i saw my daughter in the app looking to see if any of her friends yeah. or any users yeah. were in target i'm like what is the, is this the matrix what are we doing so they incentivized it because they don't have oh, yeah. likes on snapchat so they incentivized it with a score it's, it's a basically. streak yeah Ew. all these different streaks and then kids are good like if I took my daughter's phone from her. She was having friends log in from a different account to her account just to keep her streaks going. Counterpoint, yeah. when I was in my 20s, that would have come in handy and stopped me from going to a lot of different bars. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. And think of it as a girl. You'd be like, oh, oh, that crazy lunatic Larry is is hanging out at Mario's. Let's but it just there. it adds to your social anxiety because you know everybody is around the corner or you know who's in the mall when you're going to the mall. I mean, remember going to the mall? You get dropped off by your parents. You'd be there for like four hours. Yeah, because you were wondering, well, maybe I'll see somebody new around this corner. Yeah. And you keep walking around. But if you know who's in attendance... You know, it's if you know who's on the bill and you've already seen all the acts, you know, you're going to go home. It would be like know. going into a haunted house and seeing like, oh, there's a clown around this corner. Oh, there's a <laughs> clown behind the wall. I'm all, I'm all right with that. You can let me know where the clowns are. All right. Uh, you mentioned this, Randy. Eric Clapton is hitting the road in America this September. It's a five city run of shows. Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, New York City and Pittsburgh. His opening act isn't a surprise to fans. Jimmy Vaughn is a regular guest with Clapton, so he'll be opening the American shows. He is on a European tour right now. Two dates, including one that would have happened today, postponed because Clapton has COVID. Um, Clapton is scheduled for Pittsburgh's PPG Paints Arena on September the 16th. And if that date sounds familiar to you, apparently it's the same night as Elton John. Yeah. PNC Park. So 
We talked choose about this at the end of the show. We ended the show uh, talking about this yesterday. Which one would you choose? Only because I've seen Clapton so many times. And I've only seen Elton John twice. And once was at a festival with like, you know, a hundred thousand people. I, I want to go see Elton John and sort of kiss the ring one more time before I, you know, he starts yeah, you to didn't be. You did go to the last one at PPG, did you? I did not. I don't know why. I started to think that like all Elton John concerts turned into Disney theme songs that I was just going to hear. <laughs> Circle of life for like Can't two hours. The room, <laughs> but you know what? The the PPG tour I actually thought what had a lot of surprises in it. He did um, all the young girls of Alice, like the second song in the set. Yeah, that's pretty he cool. Did that uh, it's off a of Madman across the water. It's Ger uh, Geronimo. Uh, I don't know. I know Ticket is There's on like, that one, but yeah, um, yeah, Geronimo. That's right. Okay, it's, and that's a long song. Like that's like seven minutes long, and it, mm -hmm. it whines. It is not a radio hit at all. And I know that he's talked about how, uh, as you know, even though Indian he, Sunset, Indian Sunset, that, the, there's something about I don't know. What yeah, <laughs> uh, but there, um, he was been talking about like even when he's wrapped up with these conventional farewell tours that he wouldn't say a residency is out of the question where he can just play like really, really deep cuts that P1s like me and you would really like to hear. Did anybody else watch the Ben Fong Torres documentary on Netflix? The one of the like original editors of Rolling Stone. They did this mm -mm. really, no. really sort of cool. Remember in the movie Almost Famous that the one Asian actor he plays, he's like, hi, this is Ben Fong Torres. And he's like this really sort of oh. muted character um, that is getting the young Cameron Crowe, you know, to write about Stillwater. Well, in that's a real guy, Ben Fong Torres, who's sort of a legendary rock writer. And there's a documentary on him. And a couple of his famous interviewees agree to be in it. Uh, Steve Martin, he did a cover story on Steve Martin. Steve oh, Martin wow. talks about how that changed his career. Um, and there's an, somebody else that I can't remember, but Elton John is the last one. And it ends the documentary. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking like Elton John has been a guy who has been really sort of appreciative of all the help he's had in his career. And, and you know, if you watch what he did with Leon Russell and, and you see that some of, uh, of the appreciation he's shown over the past 10 years, at least you believe this is going to be a big like Ben Torres. If not for you, so many people would not have understood my plight. Thank you so much. And <laughs> none of that happened. Like, ben Von Torres is there with a full documentary crew. Elton John, like, walks up to He's like, oh, yes, Ben. Yeah, you want to get a picture? Okay, good to see you. Goodbye. And that was it. Like, he totally <laughs> kind of was like, I have no time for you, Ben Von Torres. I'm Elton John, and I just had a bad show, and I'd rather not talk right now. And so that's, like, how the documentary ends. I wanted for Ben Von Torres to have such a, a better, you know, Back and forth. It was that famous interview where he he talked about being. Randy, you're, you're, you're chopping you're, up a little yeah, bit. Your your audio is a little funky right now. Why don't you try to reboot, Abby? Do you have any more stories? Well, I can tell you also on the Elton John front that the uh, his biography is fantastic, and oh, yeah. um, I listened to it as an audio uh, book and. God, I always butcher this guy's name. Taron Edgerton, um, who played him in Rocket Man, reads. The oh book. yeah. Oh really? And so it sounds oh, great, cool. and it's, it, it moves. It's 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 almost a very cinematic book. It it feels genuine. You kind of never know if somebody's doing a biography, like how much they're actually letting you in on. Um, I loved it so so much. Do you? And think also, I should. 
I was going to, I was just going to ask you, do you think that that scheduling, uh, of those two performers on the same night was like a mistake or do you think that they draw totally different crowds? I Probably don't, now. I, no, I think there's connective tissue. There may be a, a, a kind of splitting of those crowds, but my gut says with so many um, tours that had to reschedule, things that got pushed back and then had to, you know, take whatever dates they could get, there was probably, you know, for Eric Clapton's camp, it was probably like, it's this date or no date. Like, this is what we have right. available for you. Right. I actually am just curious as to why Pittsburgh made the cut. I don't I don't argue with it. Yeah. But I, I'm just not sure why out of all of the cities that he wanted to come to, that Pittsburgh made that cut. So that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I kind of do. I, like I kind of do. Too. Okay, so we have to obviously do the poop story poop was once again the topic of conversation in the johnny depp amber heard defamation trial yesterday this time defecation trial what did you say just now (laughs) (laughs) you heard what you heard uh this time it was amber's turn to address it and she denied being the supplier she blamed it on johnny's dog boo who had bowel control issues amber even suggested that those issues were at least partly caused by boo eating johnny's weed when she was a puppy amber also said that the whole poop on the bed thing just isn't her style i mean i would hope not well listen how do you know i mean i mean it's there like you could do something and have it not be like your thing you know what I mean? Listen, I've like, tried it before. It's just not my thing. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. Um, she said, first of all, I don't think that it's funny. I was not in a pranking mood. My life was falling apart. I was really serious. I had just been attacked on my 30th birthday by my violent husband with whom I was desperately in love and knew I needed to leave. It was not a jovial time, and I don't think it's funny. So, Well, she's the only one. That trial, I don't know why that there was an intermission to this trial. They took a week off. Now they're back on. Uh, it's it's a real, real mess. Well, I think I, I got my I microphone was... fixed here, and I just want to add Sounds this. good. Yeah, it sounds good. There's only one way to figure out who pooped on the bed, and we need to have a poop <laughs> off. We need to have a poop off. We need to have that dog boo and Amber Heard in a room. That's right. Let's see this. There needs to be a poop off. Otherwise... And- you know what, Elon Musk? We'll put it on Twitter. Let's do this. <laughs> that poop will be on the cover of Sports Illustrated <laughs> in a bathing suit. <laughs> this is not the embodiment of healthy poop. Why are we why are we elevating this to healthy poop status? Um, Abby filling in for Val with your news this morning. We are navigating a few technical glitches and uh also uh uh, uh a morning show crew that is just going down for the count. We got one with COVID, one with something that seems to be worse than COVID. I don't know. So hopefully both Mike and Val are feeling better soon. Tim Benz, nice enough to get up and fill you in on what's going on sports-wise when we come back here on the DVE Morning Show. From the Bridgeville Appliance Weather Center, Bridgeville Appliance is hiring now. Inquire at bridgevilleappliance.com. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. Should be a nice day. A mix of sun and clouds, breezy, high of 72. DVE Sports. Okay, pursuit is off today. Tim Benz filling in with a sports update for you this morning on DVE. Brought to you by Dormont Appliance. Looking forward to the folks of Dormont Appliance coming to the house today to fix my oven, which exploded. So I was... Oh, uh, no, that's bad. 
Always nice to have the sponsors in your pocket when you need them at the absolute right moment. So good to see those guys <laughs> coming by to make sure I can eat in the near future. Uh, Penguins are going to hold their exit interviews with the media today. This as we're starting to come to grips with the reality of their blown 3-1 series lead to the New York Rangers. Head coach Mike Sullivan, various Penguins will speak before leaving town. Uh, the Penguins haven't won a postseason series since the 2018 first round. That's five playoff defeats in a row, four straight in the first round. After the game, the OT loss at Madison Square Garden in Game 7. Mike Sullivan talked about the sting of losing in the playoffs. It's It stings when you lose, when you know, because you care so much and you, and you, and you want... You want for these guys to uh, to succeed, and what I can tell you is, it's not from a lack of effort or a lack of care. That's for sure. These, this is a great group. Tristan Jari came back to play Game Seven after the defeat. He spoke with the media and discussed the looming free agents: Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Brian Rust, and Ricard Raquel. Something you never want to think about: they're generational players, and Pittsburgh's lucky enough to have three of them for the last 15 years it's the bond that they've created throughout the team and throughout management i think is something that's irreplaceable and uh it's a it's a business but i think that uh if they're able to come back they definitely will there's a bond between them and i think that's unbreakable well, it can be broken if one of them is playing for the Dallas Stars and one is playing for the Montreal Canadiens and somebody else is playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Yes, that right. absolutely could be broken at that moment. Yes. <laughs> like, as much as I like Patrick Hornquist, he is a Florida Panther now, so that bond is broken. Mm-hmm. And still alive in the playoffs. They resume tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. St. Louis and Colorado at 9.30. That series gets going. The Panthers are minus 162 favorites. Tampa, a plus 130 underdog. Boy, I like that. After what I saw from Florida struggling with the Caps and Tampa, I think beating a team just as good as them is certainly a better team than Washington and Toronto in the first round. I, I kind of like Tampa in that series. I don't know about you guys. Uh, honestly, I'm not paying attention to anything outside of what we just like witnessed other than I really want to see Carolina beat the snot out of the Rangers mm-hmm. because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, and the Rangers underdogs in that series against the Hurricanes. One thing I want to see is Shesterkin play in that environment. Yes. Oh, yeah. Carolina is a really tough place to play. They've got a great home crowd, a very enthusiastic home arena, and they're going to be all over Igor, just like PPG Paints Arena was, and he was a different goalie when he was playing at MSG. If Bill Cower wants to make up for cranking that siren back in the day, he should go down there and crank it again so that the Canes can beat the Rangers who beat the Penguins. That's his way back into the good graces. <laughs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't bridge enough of those gaps getting inducted to the Hall of Fame or anything. No, that, that didn't do it for me. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Still waters in that. I got you. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Pirates, they lost to the Cubs. They were no hit and won somehow on Sunday. Then yesterday, they didn't get a hit until the fifth inning. Michael Chavis finally got one off of Wade Miley, and he pissed him off in the process. I don't know if you guys saw this. Miley's one of those catch the ball from the catcher, just turn around and throw it again as fast as you can. It was getting the Pirates all discombobulated in the batter's box. He was like a quick pitcher in a softball game. So this Chavis, he's just calling timeout as soon as Miley is winding up, and the ump kept giving it to him. So sure enough, Miley gets ticked off, grooves one, Chavis finally gets a hit, busts up the no-hitter, 
But the game was over already because of what we talked about mm-hmm. last hour, which was right. Wilson Contreras, the leadoff hitter for the Chicago Cubs, managed to hit a grand slam in the first inning, <laughs> inning as a leadoff hitter, which means he doubled the lead off the game. Everybody batted around. He came back up again and hit a grand slam. Now, we gave you the conventional version in the seven, uh, 6 o'clock hour. I decided to step up my game here for the 7 o'clock hour. Malvate fue un doble. Se prepara. Bien, lanzamiento el plato. Le pone el bate en la puerta al izquierdo. La levó. Esta se fue. There's no Latino direct translation for Grand Slam. Grand Slam is universal. Grand Slam yeah. is Grand Slam. Is that, is yeah, that how it e- works? El Grande Slamo. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the regular broadcast. Those guys started speaking Spanish because it was so crazy. Yeah, they, they knew it was going to be the Pirates and the Cubs, so they got to entertain themselves, and they started early in the first inning. Yeah, I don't know about you, uh, Catchmo, but uh, I'm kind of feeling bored. What'd you say we switch this up to uh, Spanish? <laughs> I took French. Oh, no. Yeah, just doing it in different languages. Uh, last thing here, Antonio <laughs> Brown says he wants to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He tweeted it out yesterday. Brown reiterated that he doesn't want to come back and play as a Steeler. He just wants to retire as a Steeler. Conveniently, AB put this out there just a few days before his live performance at the Enclave on May the 20th on the South Side. Uh, former linebacker Vince Williams endorsed the idea on Twitter last night, saying that AB is the best receiver in Steelers history, so he deserves it. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of AB, the football player. I think it's how AB left town and went scorched earth for a number of years yes. when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise that we are talking about him being yes. ingratiated back in and retiring as a Steeler, so to yeah, speak. This is like uh, Gene Hackman in Royal Tenenbaums wanting to die with his family at the end after having <laughs> abandoned them <laughs> and completely becoming a pariah. You know, you don't. it doesn't work like that. Uh, also, I don't think it's genuine. He's just trying to promote a rap concert that nobody wants to go see. Let me ask you this. What time... Do you think Antonio Brown goes on stage? Oh, like, boy. how late will Antonio Brown go on stage? Sunday. Yeah. I think that's oh, when he'll go no on push. stage. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, well, it's Friday. So, yeah, Sunday sounds about right. Yeah, he's you know, just like, going to get used, say, think he's back in Pittsburgh. He's just going to show up on Sunday. Close enough. And is anybody going to see that because they like the music? I can't no. imagine so. It's, it's just a matter of him going there and being on stage, and maybe he'll r- melt down, and I can get it on my phone, and I can be the first person to post it on Instagram. That's exactly okay. what that crowd is going to be yes. about. Full transparency. If I wasn't performing on Steve Burns' goddamn comedy jam, this would be a weird thing that I would go see for the novelty. It would be the same reason that I went to see um, one of the Corys perform at the Hard Rock Cafe. It's it's a car crash, and I want to be there for it. Uh, all right. You know, one time uh, many, many years ago, I opened for Black Jack McDowell. from He was then with the Indians. Yeah, the pitcher. He, he, he pitched a game, and his band was called Stick Figure, I think. And, and then he came and played 
uh, an eleven thirty set, and my band played before him as a Peabody's down under in the flats, and it was like sold out, jam packed. The curiosity factor was through the roof, and he was pretty good. I gotta say, pretty good. Um, though you know they wouldn't sell it out if he wasn't Jack McDowell. So my question to you is this: Who is the best? athlete slash musician in terms of respectability like oh i would go see them just for the music because the one that i bet nobody's thinking about is bernie williams from the yankees is an expert jazz guitarist he was like a bona fide badass player yeah wasn't bronson arroyo in a band (laughs) yes he was uh eric christensen from the penguins played like death metal doom metal like he was a big metalhead he was in a couple bands that i know of um charlie morton said that- played the guitar on the morning show before when he was at the pirates he came in and played some song he played like a couple cover songs he was good oh wasn't there a one of the the relievers that was an actual singer like a, almost like broadway level well steven brault yeah yes yeah steven brault sings uh, i don't know if he's in a band currently um Jericho, like doesn't Jericho what about what about Jericho from WWE? He's got he he's in a band, right? Fozzie, right? Isn't Fozzie his band? Yeah. Fozzie, yeah. Ad, Fozzie? okay. Um mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Shaq put out a couple pretty good singles. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as football players go, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, they're mostly hip hop artists. If Le'Veon artist. Bell was opening for AB, that would really be the best the best possible lineup. Do you remember oh, no, Thurl that, Bailey, the, the NBA player Thurl Bailey? He was like a jazz saxophonist. I remember when I was working in Utah, he'd do hits with us on the sports station and then go across the hall and do something with like one of the music stations. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's wild. Um, if Lev opened up for AB, though, Bill, that would be huge. And if Justin Tucker is the only other NFL player I can think of who is a singer, but he's like an opera singer, like a trained opera singer. Really? What should happen is AB should show up really late, like you pointed out, Randy, oh, and will. then just when the crowd is starting to get extraordinarily antsy, Chris Boswell shows up and starts rapping like he used to do the radio <laughs> show in the old studio. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, is that what happened? Boswell would come in and do Antonio yeah, Brown's well, radio show? the kicker of the year was whenever AB was playing, he's like, just get the kicker to do it. The kicker would show up and sit in with Jerry and Dale for an hour. Now, oh, I hope Jerry Dulac is the MC for that show well, on Friday. I night. was going to say, I mean, is he going to ask Ben Roffensberger to come and introduce him? <laughs> well, when when Randy used the uh, Royal Tannenbaum's reference before, I know AB's listening to this thinking, I don't like that Tannenbaum. He said something bad about me on ESPN, man. <laughs> Tannenbaum. Uh, right. Sign me with the Jets. Abby's filling in for Val. Benzie's filling in for Pursuit. Uh, we'll be right back on the DV morning show. Deep cooking. And inventing Anna comes the latest true crime story of love and deception. He told me if I loaned him $1,000, he'd pay me back as soon as Kenny Pickett paid him for the hand-stretching therapy he performed on him. He seemed nice. He promised these women a world. He said he owned the Gateway Clipper and that we should go down, grab some champagne, or, you know, maybe some warm icy light mango and go for a romantic late night cruise. Now, how do I turn that down? Pittsburgh police are looking for suspects who stole the Gateway Clipper last night and left it docked at a Neville Island beach bar. He promised them love and fortune. He told me he was the heir to the Isley's chipped ham fortune and that once the ham money came in that we could get married and move up to Grandview Avenue and I guess 
I guess I wanted to believe him so bad. He, he called me Chipped Pam. I thought it was so cute. My name's Linda, but still. He looked just like Joe Manganiello. I started to wonder why he spent so much time at the casino and he said he was taking out a money launderer down there for the CIA. So then I'm like, I thought you own the River Hats. And he was like, I do. Why? You didn't Google it, did you? And I said, nah. And he was like, good. I love you so much, Brenda. And when this is all over, we can get married and move into falling water like I promised. His grandfather was Frank Orville Wright, so why wouldn't I believe him? And wreck them spec, I probably shouldn't have given him that 500 bucks to go back in the casino again. Danger Swindler. Only on Netflix. Maybe it's me. <laughs> Yeah, the DVE Morning Show, Bad Reputation, Joan Jet. It's the DVE Morning Show. You know, that Yinzer Swindler on Netflix looks promising. Really Here's the looks thing about good. All of those true crime, like, you know, love and deception uh, documentaries that are out there are docudramas. Yeah. Uh, I want to see one where the guy fails, like, he just gets right out of the down. gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see how many different targets they go to before they're successful. Because it can't just be like they go to the next person and boom, they fall under their spell. They have to have some people who suss it out, right? Probably. Yeah, those people just don't get interviewed. Yeah. I, I would I would love, even if you just take the Tinder swindler or what's the other one? The bad vegan guy. Take yeah. if you actually get them to participate. And talk about when they were in the open mic phase of their swindling, where they were workshopping their lies, where they weren't completely ironed out yet. Yeah, because yeah. the the bad vegan guy held on to the there are evil forces at bay that you just can't understand. OK, yeah. And you're being tested now. I want you to fly to Europe and don't ask any questions. <laughs> and she did it. Right. Like. Wouldn't you be like, yeah, go F yourself. I'm not going to Europe. You and your evil forces can pound salt. I want to be happy with you, and we're going to be together forever. But if you don't get me this Lamborghini by 6 o'clock tomorrow, there are forces that you just don't even know about that are coming down hard on you and your family. Remember that baby that was in your family that was a little <laughs> sick? I mean, I don't want to see anything happen to that baby. But I don't understand how they fall under the spell of these guys who, coincidentally, are never good looking. They're always short. And no. they're they're always short. The, the first thing you hear is, you know, uh, he didn't look like what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, right. like, they, they're never like, he was so hot. Right away, I was like, that dude's hot. Because a guy, a girl could do that to a guy if she was smoking hot or if he thought she was smoking hot. Then he would be like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll take the test. I'll that has wherever. happened so yes. many times. But a guy will never be like, when she showed up, I wasn't really attracted to her. But she started talking, and I don't know. The next thing I knew, I was in Budapest. <laughs> and it's like the guy in Bad Vegan is a full-blown full slob. I mean, she's yeah, making the most mm -hmm. amazing 
healthy food. He's eating Domino's. <laughs> she com- he completely made her give up everything she stood for, and I don't know why. I don't know what why was attractive either. about that slovenly douchebag who's just like a big Massachusetts lummox. Everlasting life for her dog? For her dog. Oh, yeah, Is that I it? About, I forgot about like, that. You know what? That was the most batshit. Whoa! <laughs> Joe, I hope you didn't walk away too much. <laughs> Abby with Whoa. the dumb one. I've never done that in... 15 years it's a compliment well, ever it is okay. it's like it's it's like belching after you know to the chef like it was great sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah these uh, guys these guys that guy in particular mind boggled me beyond recognition because i just couldn't understand why somebody who had so much going for them was so successful would let a guy take her that far off the rails where she's in some podunk town in the south basically using breadsticks as silverware to eat terrible yeah. food yeah um the one the, the inventing anna is really the most impressive one that girl is the most impressive of all the swindlers as far as i'm concerned because she was a I mean, just a hair away from pulling off becoming rich and famous by gaming the system. Yeah. I got to see that one. Why are you dressed like that? Are you Paul? Her accent is awesome. (laughs) All right. Abby will try not to swear when she does news when we return. (laughs) I'm dead. On DVE. John Sisson Motors invites you to experience the redefining of the. Live from the Don's Appliances Studios, where Pittsburgh shops for appliances. This is WTVE Pittsburgh. So the new Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue caused a lot of trouble yesterday on on the Twitter uh, because they're doing a lot of body body positive stuff, uh, and they have some older people on it. One of them is Elon Musk's mom, who's a very pretty older woman, but it's Elon Musk's mom, and there are people who love Elon Musk and people who don't, so... You know, uh, there was a lot of, why are you doing this? There are plenty of other people you could have featured here who are older and beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. This is why I'm saying we don't need Twitter. It's if, it, <laughs> if, if Elon Musk buys it and ruins it by letting all the Nazis back in, we'll all be better for it. You, you What's know, he going to do, put his naked mom on there? Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. <laughs> she looks like, you know what Elon Musk's mom looks like to me? She looks like Kurt Warner's wife uh, it, when she's like 70-something. Mm. Oh, really? Do you know what I mean? Now I got to look that up. Now I have but to look everybody's up picturing Kurt Warner's really. wife. I know we're going. You don't know who Kurt Warner's wife is really? No, Bill? I don't. The one oh, dude. that uh, spiky in the, in the gray movie, hair. Spiky gray. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. See, because earlier this morning I saw this the swimsuit, um, Sports Illustrated swimsuit story, and I didn't know who May Musk was. I just assumed it was a supermodel that I haven't heard of before. Aftershave. So <laughs> May Musk. Is that May Musk? Mm. It's like female <laughs> axe body spray. Mm. No, it's cool water. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, again, the, the Sports Illustrated thing, I, whether it does more harm than good remains to be seen. I, like most things, when people try to present a positive change, the backlash from it ends up sort of marshalling support behind the uh, the opposite movement. 
which is those people who are like, this is not beautiful. If you hold this up as something to be, you know, uh, uh, to aspire to, you're not putting forth the best possible human specimen. And that's how the species is going to fail. It's like it's a picture of a woman in a bikini. Relax. Here's a hot take. No matter what a woman looks like, maybe we should stop uh, objectifying them. Well, I mean, her whole thing is she wants she's a model and she's like, yeah, I'm big and beautiful. Deal with it. And people just could not deal with it. They were really angry online yesterday. That's why, you know, look, you're not wasting any time or, or you're not missing out on anything by wasting your time engaging in these arguments. Me, I went down a rabbit hole and read a bunch of them. I'm like, look at these idiots. I just couldn't believe, like someone's like responding 20 times to a stranger over this argument. And it's just good for your brain. I'd Thankfully, like to see. I'd like to see what they look like physically. It's, it's probably like akin to like us watching sport and seeing somebody like Tom Brady and being like, you suck. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> meanwhile, we'd be like wheezing going up the steps and everything. So. Did you see that someone posted a picture the other day of Tom Brady when he first came in the league and Tom Brady now, and they said the only thing that stops you from being uh, like, you know, super good looking is being poor. And because they showed like Tom Brady looked like a schlub he was when he came in the league. He was a homely looking fella. Yeah. And and now he's got like, you know, tiny little plastic surgery things that happen. He had his hair thickened and he had like real sharp lines on his face and everything. Mm. Totally different from the guy who came in the sixth round or whatever it was uh, from Michigan a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true because there are plenty of rich people like Alec Baldwin's rich. He looks like a, a boot. <laughs> you know like it's not just about being rich you have to do a little I, more than that. i think that it it is him being rich coupled with him being married to a supermodel who cares about looks i mean that's her yeah. profession and they know the tricks of the trade right right yeah she can push so, him in that direction yeah also like photoshopping like i think that Tom Brady, probably a lot of the pictures that he puts out through his own PR organization, they have somebody who is like making him airbrushing them asymmetric and perfect in every photo. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that I wouldn't find him dreamy if I saw him in person. <laughs> I probably would. He could Tinder swindler me, probably. <laughs> sure. No. Yeah. No, I hated my whole life, but now I'm under your spell. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do for you? Anyhow. So look for that new Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which will piss off everyone at a newsstand near you. Abby's filling in for Val with your news. Let's take a look at the weather in the Channel 11 Weather Center. Just a beautiful day today. Sunshine, few clouds, nice little breeze, and a high temperature this afternoon near 70 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. 63 right now. What's going on, Abby? The news this hour is brought to you by Keystone Basement Systems, highest rated, most trusted, KeystoneBasementSystems.com. Today is primary election day in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania Lieutenant, Go Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, a Democrat running for U.S. Senate, had suffered a stroke but is on his way to a full recovery, the campaign said on Sunday. Fetterman disclosed that he had a stroke that was caused by a clot from his heart being in an AFib rhythm for too long. Mm. He said he was feeling much better, and the doctors have said he has not suffered any cognitive damage. So Saying that he is well on his way to a full recovery. Polls are open until 8 p.m. and anybody in line at 8 p.m. will be allowed to vote. And uh, there is also 
an address uh, where you can uh, put in your mailing address and then you'll find your polling place. You can find that easily at pavoterservices.pa.gov. It has been nearly two months since the tragic death of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins and friends and fans all over the world are still trying to understand what led to his sudden passing in a Colombian hotel. Now, a Rolling Stone report claims that Taylor Hawkins had a heart to heart with Dave Grohl shortly before he died, saying that he couldn't hack the Foo Fighters grueling tour schedule anymore. There were about 20 people interviewed for this article. One of them was Pearl Jam drummer Matt Cameron, who elaborated uh, after the discussion that, quote, I guess they did come to some understanding, but it seems like the touring schedule got even crazier after that. So several accounts corroborate that story. However, there's a representative rather from the Foo Fighters that said that there was never a conversation like this. Uh, yeah, that seems to be pretty irresponsible on Rolling Stone's part if it isn't true. Uh, right. Because it's almost like assigning blame to Dave Grohl to Dave for pushing Grohl. Taylor mm -hmm. Hawkins too hard. Right. Yeah. I read. And, this. and again, yeah, they I, had a they had a crazy pace. That's for sure. But it does seem like that's Dave Grohl's thing. I, I read this article yesterday, and I I think that two things can be true. Like I I don't think that these these other drummers are lying. But maybe he misrepresented the exact conversation that he had with Grohl, and so it's like yeah, it's, sure. they're they're not lying, but maybe it's not the whole picture because it makes sense, right? Like if a guy is is um, getting overworked like that on those tours, which are just so strenuous on you, you know, of, of course you would say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it also, it, you know, in the midst of addiction and touring, everything is a, a lot less black and white. It's cloudy. And there's a, a whole lot of gray. I think about too, you know, and no one would ever complain about their job who worked in radio, but like at the same time, like there's so many times where I'm like, this job's gonna kill me, man. And if something happened to me, you guys could go, you know, and be like, she said so. Right. Yeah. You know, right. but I don't think that's unique. That's that is not unique to any profession any longer. I think that so many people are pushed so hard that culturally we have just turned into these. If you're not super competitive in your workplace, then you're not trying. And it's the American ethos to overwork yes. yourself and stress yourself. Uh, you know, in France, they're taking two hour lunches. They got like six weeks paid leave. You know, <laughs> over here, it isn't like that. You know, the idea of American except exceptionalism has a lot to do with the fact that we believe that we can work harder than anybody else. So we have to in order to get by. You can't get outworked. I wonder if it's like that for every job, though, because I would have a hard time what? picturing a librarian saying that. Be like, you know what? <laughs> this job is going to kill me if I have to catalog or put any more books back today, I swear. The Dewey Decimal System will be the but, end of me. But they say it in a whisper. I swear to God, this, <laughs> this job, yeah. this job is going to kill me. It's going to kill me. All right. If you've been to a lot of weddings, you probably have noticed they can be really formulaic. And that's probably because there's a fine line between the expected traditions and stuff that maybe has just become trite and stale. There's a list that's going viral of things that people think should be permanently retired from weddings. So I'll hit you with the couple and you say yay or nay. Oh, but, boy. Uh, clinking silverware on glasses to get the couple to kiss. Mm. 
over that. Yeah, annoying. I'm okay with that as long as there's other things that you can clink to make them do other weird things. You know what I mean? It shouldn't <laughs> stop. It shouldn't just be kissing. Like if you there's pound underneath the table, it. he should have to have a chicken fight with the the best man <laughs> and the maid of honor. <laughs> that. Uh, the tired, boring best man and maid of honor speeches. I think they yeah. all start off with, "For those of you who don't know me." Mm. <laughs> They need they need the Oscar wrap it up music for those speeches. Oh yeah. my god! I was at a uh, wedding I've... actually a couple weeks ago that they, somebody said, "Well, we have some speeches, but if anybody else wants to talk, feel free." And I was like, "No, no, no!" no, 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 no. Oh my god! Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't. But like, that's no. I was at a funeral <laughs> one time where they did that, when they're like, "If anybody else wants to stand up and just talk about the deceased, go ahead." And everybody was too nervous, and it wasn't like, and. Uh, indication of their not thinking this person right. was the greatest guy because he was. And then I was like, should I stand up? And then I was like, no, I don't. I, I'm not the person who should be standing up. I, I was friends with them, but I'm not like family and close. So then I just felt compelled to be like, you should get up. I was like poking people. Say something. <laughs> get up, say something. But I saw one of the craziest uh, speeches that I ever saw at a wedding between it was the best man uh and his brother they hadn't spoken in a long time and they reconciled for the wedding and their oh. grandmother had just died oh and the bride's uncle had just passed away so there was all of this emotion Whoa. that was going on so you have two deaths and a reconciliation right and the the <laughs> the grandmother that passed away on the groom side gave a dollar bill to the estranged brother who was now the best man and said, use this dollar bill for you and your brother like to come together somehow. I don't know what that sig signified. So the maid of honor speaks about the father of the bride passing. Everyone's in tears. The best man gets up and gives a speech about how they haven't spoken for 15 years. This was unbeknownst to me. I was there to play the piano. OK, they wanted me. To play. I was like tangential friend and they asked me to play the people and I, and I played the piano at like the cocktail party before the reception. They're like, oh, yeah, stick around. And so my brother was there as a guest and my brother and I were in the back. We're like, dude, this is like everybody was crying. And the guy that got married was a hockey player. So there was tons of big dudes there and they were all crying and they're like the brother and, and the best man uh, the best man in the group they're hugging each other they're like let's never let this happen again we haven't spoken for 15 years and, and then the maid of honor gets up and she's like uncle jonah would have loved this and i mean waterworks the place Whoa. is just bawling now i had had a couple cocktails this wedding you know i had nothing attaching me to it and I was with my brother so I think we got a little high and we're like you know sitting in the back and um then the groom gets up and he is bawling and like I said the entire room is in tears and he holds the dollar bill up and he's like Nana I will never forget you and I am gonna love this woman for the rest of my life and then this like old crotchety aunt in the back of the room who is standing by me by me and my brother goes 
you'd better like that like in this really weird like oh. out of the but nobody else heard her except for me and my brother so that set us off so we start laughing uncontrollably just because of the juxtaposition so we're like we have to get out of this room so we pop out outside onto the deck which is adjacent to the room where the reception is and we are like belly laughing slapping our knees at how funny that was only to realize it was all windows and so oh, everybody can see on you. that side of the room saw me and my brother laughing our asses off at what they thought was the most emotional thing they had ever witnessed in their life. And I realized, like, you can't look like more of an a-hole than if you're <laughs> laughing in the middle of what other people determine to be the most emotionally poignant moment in their family's lives. It was then like, we got to go. really weird cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just cry left. weird, guys. That's why I, I left weird. the room. I'm like, dude, we got to go. Like, We cannot go back in that room. We got to go. We have to leave. Oh, and so we man. just took off. Oh, I thought you still had to play the piano. Like, No, no, no. I I'd already go done back it. in and do separate ways, guys. I, I don't know what to do now. Journey faithfully. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> Oh man, that yeah, no, that yeah. that can get so uncomfortable. My brother gave a best man speech one time for his his buddy that got married, and it was one of the worst speeches I've ever heard in my life because he started <laughs> saying things like, you know, we do everything together, you know, like I'd hook up with a girl, he'd hook up with a girl, <laughs> and it applied to the the bride. Oh, we were all oh, like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. It was almost like the the wedding crashers, and it stops right there and picks up right here. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a brief intermission, and then we're gonna come back and cut the cake. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! When that you can't ever acknowledge anybody's sexual history no. in a snow at their wedding. No, their cousins from you know the south are there. There's grandparents. I tell you, back in the day, Larry used to be a ladies' man. Like, no, uh -uh. don't, don't <laughs> go there. Uh, every, but the speeches, every... the speeches should just have a time limit. I think that's that's all it should be. I feel like the only people that are gonna like robustly get up to do a speech when prompted are the people that like feel angry that they weren't asked in the first place. You know, you leave it yeah. open ended like that. Like somebody's yeah. like, well, they should have asked me anyway. And by the way, I did have something prepared. Mm -hmm. I am always glad to see somebody who's nervous because I know it won't be long. They're not going to take 15 minutes. When somebody gets up there and they're super comfortable, you're like, oh, God, this is their oh, hour special. Yeah, here totally. We go. Yeah. <laughs> what about like the um, choreographed skits, flash mobs, dance routines? Yeah, it makes you happy, whatever. I, you know, I guess I probably wouldn't do it, but it's, it's yeah, that's pressure. a lot of rehearsal. It's so much rehearsal. What about this? People proposing at other people's wedding ceremonies? Or uh -uh. That's, that's, I think that's bad form, isn't it? No. That's like I dying at somebody else's that... funeral. You can't do it. It's just gauche. It's just not your moment. It's not no, your moment. Right. Uh, and the couple smearing cake in each other's faces. I never liked that either. Yeah, I never got that. <laughs> you do. Randy does. Randy's face oh, says, Randy I would do it, it in a heartbeat. Yes, yeah. you do. I think, no, I wouldn't. I think it's Food hilarious fight. when you do that. You but I just don't want it to stop there. I mean, it like, go for the face and then just really, like, really go at it. Like, roll around in the cake and start dry humping <laughs> on top of the, like, plastic uh -huh. man. And it's like, full, go at full it. Full November rain, crash into the cake. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> 
Here's honestly why I don't like it. It's not a fair fight because the mm. the bride has gotten so much hair and makeup done that day. Where if the guy, it, it it's only a one way street. Like you can't do it to the the female. You like the guy can get cake smushed in his face, and who cares? It's funny. It's just it's it's weird. It's awkward, and then there's some passive aggressive thing going on between oh, yeah. the couple. You can also tell like the levels of trust because if you don't like really nail it where you go at the exact same time, like somebody always goes first. And if that person's cool about it, delicate little delivery mm-hmm, yeah. of a cupcake or something, and then the other person smashes it, you're just like, the di- I now know too much about your marriage. Right. Now I yeah, know the you've dynamics. You've told us everything. This one can't be taken seriously. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, I think what would be great just to throw your guest off is like you cut the cake and then you just put it down your own pants and then smush <laughs> it in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like everything I said about this story, Randy, was like not that any of these things were trite and stale. It's that they didn't go far enough. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Like, yeah. You keep, shove the cake down your pants or down your dress, and then do a, a crotch bump in front of both families. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like do like the two fat guys jumping up and bumping chest move with the cake, and then extensively talk about your sexual history. There you go. Did you Nailed ever see? Everything. I have seen this. I think on two occasions, a uh, maid of honor singing. Oh. Like I'm performing a song for them. And she wasn't necessarily a professional no. singer. You know what I mean? It was more Don't like. Sing. And, and that's like my. I, I, God, I get so uncomfortable in those moments when people are performing who they are taking somebody else's platform and using it for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like you feel like they're not really doing this for the couple. They just want people to notice them. You know what I mean? Totally agree, especially when it's not your profession. There was one wedding we went to in Texas a few years ago where the groom's cousin had been on like a South American version of American Idol. I don't, I don't, okay. you know, South American mm-hmm. Idol. Yeah. And he sang a song for them and it was phenomenal. Like that's yeah. different when it's just like the, you know, Becky. Our- like yeah. really wants to sing single ladies or I by don't the way, know whatever. Ex- it is. Exception, exception given Bad to song to kids. sing at a wedding. By the way, <laughs> all the single ladies, all the single ladies. <laughs> exception given to little kids. If little kids sing, it's always adorable. Agreed. I'm talking if you're an adult and you're singing and nobody asked you to. It, it was your idea. I'm just saying. Maybe you should. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, all things to keep in mind going forward when planning your nuptials. On the way, uh, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports. AB is coming to town Friday night. He says he wants to retire a Steeler. What I can't wait for is after this concert, all of the terrible things he's going to say about the Steelers when nobody shows up to see his, you know, terrible rap act on Friday night. Rap act. What am I, 100? Anyways, uh, Tim's got your sports when we come back. And Billy Gardell joining us in the 9 o'clock hour here on DVE. From the Flynn's Tire and Auto Service Weather Center. This report is sponsored by Kelly Blue Book. Should be a nice day. A mix of sun and clouds, breezy, high of 72, clear skies. Okay, Pursuit is battling the COVID. Tim Benz has, like, preliminary COVID, but that's not stopping him from filling in with your sports this morning on DVE. You feeling okay? Yeah, I'm actually feeling better and better as the morning is rolling along. Uh, preliminary uh, COVID, is that sort of like um, 
Is that like Calder Cup COVID, or is that like yeah. when the Penguins lost mm-hmm. to the Canadians in the preliminary round in the bubble? Is it's that like preliminary COVID. round COVID? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pre-COVID, which can also get you pregnant, so be careful. All right, so what's going on? Penguins, uh, Bridgeville Appliance, by the way, giving you sports today here at 8.30. Penguins have exit interviews with the media today. Um, this They're all still coming to grips with the blown 3-1 series lead to the New York Rangers, knocking them out of the first round of the playoffs for a fourth straight year. One of those losses to the Canadians, two other times to the Islanders. Head coach Mike Sullivan, various Penguins will speak before leaving town. We'll see if, if Getty Malkin, Crystal Tang, Brian Rust are among those who speak as uh, they are all unrestricted free agents and may not be back for 2022-23. Jake Gensel, who had a great playoff series, talks about those guys. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I haven't really thought about it too much. I mean, you know, this league's a business, and um, but you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, we've got guys that have been here a long time, and, and they mean so much to Pittsburgh and, and our team. So yeah, it's tough to say what's going to happen now, but just kind of wait and see. Biggest issue from the series against New York, the blown leads. Sidney Crosby relives that topic. The way we played all series, you know, I thought we did a really good job throughout the series of getting better and getting leads. And, uh, you know, the only thing we couldn't do is, is put them away when we got leads. And uh, whether that was, you know, defending against it or, or getting that next one. And, uh, you know, that ended up you know, being a big difference in the series. Tim, the hardest thing for me as a fan is to embrace the both and. I think the Rangers uh, were taking headshots and headhunting in that in that game after the Pittsburgh game, so game five. I also think that they were the more resilient team, the more just furiously competing, battle-tested, just, would ref- just refused to fold up and... And go home because they had every reason to multiple times in this series. They're down in the series. They're down in a game. It just didn't matter. They just kept coming. And that said, they still should have lost in games even with the headshots that they took and the people that they knocked out. Right. You know, like that's that's the maddening part to me is uh, I will long remember that third period at MSG after Sidney Crosby went out because they melted down, you know, like even – Listening to what Mike Matheson said after game six, he used the word rattled. You know, like we've got to do a better job of avoiding being rattled. They got rattled after Sid went out. And even then, with thanks to Gensel, they stopped the bleeding and they got to intermission. And then they were just bad in the third period. And that allowed them to lose mm-hmm. game five. Um, they had the call go against them with Rodriguez. And then they gave up three quick ones. Again, they got rattled. Um, you know, the helmet thing with Pedersen. They were jumpy on the ice, and they weren't able to stop those things, and that's part of what allowed the Rangers to come back in games. And uh, that was just a repeated theme throughout this uh, postseason with them, this postseason series. Sort of like, Randy, I don't know if you uh, agree with this or not, but you know, we've talked about like when the Steelers didn't have Roethlisberger, right? And they were going back and forth with Duck and Mason. And they were hamstrung and were like, oh, well, what do you expect? It's, it's great that they even got to 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, yeah, probably big picture. But at the same time, they were 8-5. and five. And, uh, you know, right. all they needed to do was win one more game probably against the Bills or the Ravens or the Jets, and they couldn't win any of the three of them. You say, well, yeah, you rallied together and you made the best out of a bad circumstance, but they were also in a much better circumstance 
and they couldn't finish. And I think that's what Crosby's talking about there in that soundbite. Well, they still had a Conn Smythe winner on the ice. And Evgeny Malkin, I don't know why, he gets a free pass. Like, he completely melted down. Yeah, He screwed up when they needed him, needed him the most. Like, I love what Gino has done for the Penguins, and he's such a lovable character. But the fact that he's not having just heaps of blame placed on him, I think, says a lot. It, it, you know, he gets away with so much in this town because people love him. And and I do, too. Like, you know, I don't want to be like it's Gino's fault, but he should bear a big share of the blame for not picking up slack. If you're going to tout having this two-headed monster and, the you know, two best players in hockey, which we heard about for so long, and one of them takes himself out of the game, basically, twice, stupid penalties mm-hmm. and not making himself you know, that much better and taking on the responsibility on the ice. It's a missed opportunity for him. And I don't know going forward what they're going to do with Gino. But to me, I'm just, I love what he's capable of doing. And I stopped expecting to see it. Yeah. That's frustrating for him to go out that way. Um, Not only with what happened in game five, but also, in game seven, he played actually by his standards and the standards of that line, a very good Pretty defensive good. game, but yeah. added nothing offensively when, as Crosby just pointed out, they needed one more goal. And yes. uh, he made that point a couple times in that interview session Crosby did. I, I think maybe trying to shift the conversation away from blowing the leads to that they didn't do enough to add on and really distance themselves from right. the Rangers in a lot of these games as well. They did so when it was seven to four. They did so when it was 7-2, to two, but in the last three games, they didn't get the add-on goals against Shesterkin to really change things and give themselves the pad. And I know that he played a 200-foot game, and you know people were saying, oh, look, Gino's actually playing defense and everything. My point is when Maple Leafs lose, Austin Matthews catches hell. When Connor McDavid's team doesn't come through, he catches hell. But Gino just seems to be like he gets credit, but he never catches any crap for it. And another guy that's probably going to go out thinking about what didn't happen in his last playoff as opposed to all the things that he did well here in Pittsburgh is if Rust leaves for all the elimination game clutch goals that he's had in his life as a Penguin, you think he's going to see that empty net he missed at the end of game six oh, for a couple months? That <laughs> Moving yawning forward cage. to wherever he goes next. Mm. Uh, that was a tough one. Um, playoffs resume tonight, though. Tampa and Florida, that's at 7 and then the Avalanche in St. Louis, 9-30. Pirates, 9 nothing losers last night to the Cubs after winning while being no hit on Sunday. The Pirates went 13 innings without a hit for the first time in over 45 seasons. Their streak of 42 straight hitless at-bats tied with the Red Sox for the longest streak in Major League Baseball this season. That's from ESPN Stats and Info. Steelers news, former Steeler Vince Williams taking a job as the Pine Richland linebackers so he'll be coaching high school here in the pittsburgh area nice meanwhile steelers rookie minicamp in the books to marvin leal from texas a&m the third round pick claims he's already put on 15 pounds mike tomlin says we didn't ask him to do it (laughs) he's speculating if he thinks we want him to put on weight that's we're just here getting to know him and his body and how it works Uh, oftentimes in draft preparation guys hear things from NFL people, and they and they try to do what they think we want. 
Uh, the reality is is that we're trying to get to know the athlete, the pedigree of the athlete, and how his body works, what's the optimal condition for him to be in, et cetera. And so it would be much too premature to talk about desired weights and so forth with any of these guys because we're just getting to know them. That said, though, 283, a little light to be playing the Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward position. He's almost size-wise a bigger Bud Dupree than he is a smaller Cam Hayward. So if he puts on a few, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, and then lastly, as we talked about last hour, the enclave on Friday night, Antonio Brown. Would you call it, Randy, his rap concert? How am I not, not rap set? Your 100-year-old version of it is his rap, rap concert? His rap show? <laughs> his, his rap, rap show. show. His rap show at the Enclave. Uh, good timing for AB <laughs> to try to ingratiate Steelers fans again. Says he wants to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler. They used to do those retirement ceremonies all the time. Remember, it was like every year there was somebody who was retiring as a Steeler, the first day of mini camp or training camp, rather, out in Latrobe. I, I don't see that happening here. I don't think the warm fuzzies are going to extend no. to AB. I know that it's it's probably mixed emotions for fans, certainly. Like, some people still love him. A lot of Steeler Nation hates him because of the way that he left town. But I'm wondering organizationally, like, what they, how the organization feels about him and if they understand that it's kind of a Santonio Holmes-like thing where maybe he didn't win a Super Bowl, maybe he wasn't the MVP of a Super Bowl, but he was still one of the best ever to to put a... Uh, an appropriately sized helmet on his head and go out there and, and play wide receiver for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think you have any qualms with what he did football-wise, but it, it is funny you draw the Santonio analogy because, you know, him coming back to the franchise, so to speak, I was like, oh, wow, Santonio coming back. That's, right. that's big. What he did and the circumstances under which he left the Steelers was nothing, nothing. compared to to the yeah. gaslighting that Antonio Brown did and then kind of made things worse. I take that back. He made the Steelers look better by extension because they held him together for so long. But at the same time, though, it's kind of like, yeah, we had this guy in our employ and look at how much of a disaster he turned out to be. Do you know when newspapers print something incorrect and then the correction is really small and on the back page <laughs> several days later? Yep. Uh-huh. That's what happened to the Steelers when it was Mike Tomlin's fault. He couldn't ha- he couldn't manage players. He was running an asylum and Front the, page. the inmates were running the asylum. It was a circus, et cetera, et cetera. It's Ben's fault. Ben is the problem there. He's the real cancer. And then it took a long time for everybody to realize that nobody in the national media had any idea what they were talking about. But the correction never really came. It was just this blight that was cast upon Mike Tomlin and company that somehow just never really went away. People kind of laid all that blame on them. And then there's no real course correction there. So Antonio Brown is another person that just confounds me constantly with the, the amount of supporters he has. Like, and the what are you supporting? Side of it. The Roethlisberger side of it, Randy, I think people just changed the narrative when they got done bashing him for not being a better teammate for Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and just turned back. And, well, now he's the good quarterback, so now we're just going to rip him for that. <laughs> so. yeah. That being said, I guarantee you Antonio Brown is going to trash Pittsburgh and trash the Steelers. Like, this is so transparent what he's doing. Like, I just oh, don't think the guy is everybody well. to come back. He's expecting Ben to be his opening act or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I'd be way into that. He's... Ben doing some Christian rock? Let's do it, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Those two shows don't go together. <laughs>
Doesn't he like that one Christian rapper? Blunt that he was smoking before. Did you see that the other day? Who was smoking a blunt? Oh, AB had this giant, his last concert, he had this massive oversized blunt that he was smoking. Like, he needed two hands for it. No, I, I can't see anything he posts because he blocked me. He blocked me a long time ago, too. Yeah. Yeah, I have people send me the information. I got to have ghost accounts to see yeah. what AB's doing. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick break. We'll come right back. Billy Gardell joins the show 9 a.m. here on DVE. Power answer. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Folks, we're bringing back to Ramble once again. Rob James and myself have been uh, doing these shows over the course of the last five or six years, but we haven't had one in two and a half years because of the pandemic. So we're coming back on June 3rd, this time at Mr. Smalls, and it's an all-ages show. So if you want to bring your kids to check out that whole sort of vibe of Rambles and the band and if, if you want to turn them on to live music that descends from the tree of the last waltz, basically anything that might have fallen to the ground from that tree and uh, sprouted out another line of music is uh, where we'll go, that whole sort of canon. And uh, it's a loaded lineup for this uh, return to ramble. Uh, 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 we've got, uh, once again, Jen Wirtz and Liz Berlin are both going to be there, which I think is really nice. cool. I, I love the both of them. Josh Verbanitz for Meeting of Important People. Chet Vincent, um, Molly Alphabet's going to be there, Addie Twig, um, a lot of your favorites, uh, Max yeah, Somerville from favorites. Recluse, back in town, he's going to be performing, uh, Binley Hardware Company opening up the show, nice. Molly Alphabet actually doing a little set in the middle of the show with her entire band, and I don't think they've played together for a long time, so I'm really excited for that, and plus there's always kind of a lot of surprises that kind of crop up because there's so many musicians on hand uh locally and so all kinds of ideas and uh, things happen sort of on the spot uh, i think there's like 27 different musicians andre costello paul luke uh gonna be performing live so get your tickets now we have it linked for you at dv.com Ticketmaster, or the uh, uh mr smalls website and once again it's an all ages show this time first time we've done an all ages ramble indoors the outdoor ones yeah, always that's got really cool. out mm -hmm. so uh it's been a minute but looking forward to this one whole, you know, you get the full horn section and uh, the Rimmel band back in action on June 3rd, Friday night at Mr. Smalls. Lots of music going on this weekend here in Pittsburgh, by the way, the Millvale Music Festival yeah. coming back, which I'm really excited for. Uh, it really showcases just how many great bands we have, you know, um, in a cool part of town, too. In a very cool part of town. I mean, Abby, you can speak to this better than than I can, being in a couple of cool bands yourself. But um, it seems like over the pandemic, the amount of young bands that emerged that are kicking total ass has really mm -hmm. increased. And maybe I wasn't privy to it as much. And, you know, the algorithm just led me down uh, the road of checking out all these younger bands that are killing it. But man, the Pittsburgh music scene for having gone through the pandemic, it really could have changed it, but it seems like it's got a brand new vitality. I think it elevated it because even bands that um, maybe we sort of knew about, maybe they were just getting started pre pandemic. I think what, that time period taught everybody was how to market themselves, how to kind of work smarter, not harder when it comes to creating your music and getting it out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, personally, in, in, in my situation, I think we got schooled really quickly on how to put songs together remotely and then how to use social media to our yes. advantage. 
right? Yeah. You know, so that's the part where like now mm-hmm. you're exposed to all of those bands because they all got smarter about how to do it is so much yeah. better. And then again, you see the lineup for the Millville Festival, which I keep looking at that. I'm like, who's not playing this? Yeah. Like there's it's so really cool. there's not really a lot of bands that I would mm-hmm. say are missing on that. No, and uh, I know we're going to have uh, on the program Thursday, Paul Bossong is going to uh, join us to talk about the Millvale Music Festival. There's also that thing He's going on. He's a boy with me. Oh, yeah? Shaler together. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, big props to Shaler. Shaler really, uh, I'll tell you turns what. Turns him out, man. Really turns out. <laughs> Heather pretty... Abraham, Mark Madden, Paul Bossong. <laughs> Three out of four. Not bad. Abby. So, uh, <laughs> and Abby. Me. Uh, and then there's the one, the the uh, the music festival going on at Hartwood this weekend. Oh, oh right. yeah. Lakeshore Drive or Dive. Maple House thing. Yeah. Which is, I think Burkle kind of put that whole thing together. His band is playing out there. Ghost he's Towns hilarious. Jason. He's hilarious. Jason Isbell, um, Lake Street Dive, um, and uh, who's the one? Black Pumas. Uh, Big mm-hmm. Sam's Funky That's Nation big. is actually playing in the afternoon at like. 1215 or something like that for fans of uh, New Orleans funk. So there's a lot going on out there this weekend as well. Uh, that's, but, not a, that's not a free show, correct? Like that's a no. I feel like that was a paid show. Yeah. Paid show. Uh, and I, every time I think of big shows at Hartwood, I think of Boss Gags. And when I was at Jazz Fest in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I went and watched a little of J- Boss Gags set. And I could not, there was like 70,000 people there. I, I, look, I like Boss Gags, but how is he as big as he is? I just, I don't hear people talking about Boss Gags that often, but anytime he plays, it's jammed. I mean, we shut down the city of Pittsburgh for oh, a free yeah. Boss Gags show. Boss Gags broke us. <laughs> we had to have traffic helicopters. There was breaking news. There was emergency vehicles having to be, you know, uh, be on site because there were so many people stuck in traffic. People were being lifelighted, not because they were hurt, just because that was the quickest way to get home. <laughs> all because they want to hear Lido shuffle they're like okay i'm good now uh but this friday night we're gonna be doing our own version of uh of a rock and roll show it's the goddamn comedy jam that's right a mixture of the best of both worlds steve byrne bringing it in you've heard us talking a lot about it there are some tickets left for the second show now this show is going to feature uh, uh, Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers, Roy Wood Jr. from The Daily Show, Steve Ranazzisi from The League. Uh, it's Hanna Hanna Lee Burn. from Pitch Hanna Perfect. Lee from Pitch Perfect. That's right. Uh, and Bill Crawford's going to be there. Our buddy Gary Cannon is going to be there as well. And these shows are typically only done in LA, Nashville, and a couple in New York. Steve is bringing it to Pittsburgh this weekend, and the comedians go out, do a set of comedy, and then they perform with the band. And this is. I, it's not exactly a comedy show and it's not exactly a rock show, but it is an absolute blast mm-hmm. and you're guaranteed a good time. There are some tickets available, librarymusichall.com for that Friday night show. And we're all looking forward to it. Is Steve coming in to hang with us? I on, on would the show imagine Friday? so, yeah. All right. So, uh, and you know what song you're going to do, Bill? I do. And I don't want to give anything away, but I think everybody that's already got a ticket should bring a terrible towel. Oh, look at that. And I just gave it away. That's okay. 
Friday night. Come see Bill. The first show sold out. There are some tickets available for the second show at librarymusichall.com. Jump on that now, and we'll see you Friday night at the goddamn Comedy Jam, and it benefits the Lemieux Foundation. Abby's filling in for Val. She'll have your news when we come back at Billy Gardell joining us live from Los Angeles, California. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Val, did you know that Zero Res is a proud partner of the Pittsburgh Penguins? I didn't, but that's perfect because we're getting into dollars in workforce cash. Just enter this nationwide keyword at DVE.com. Cash. That's cash. Enter it now at DVE.com. Live from the Don's Appliances Studios, where Pittsburgh shops for appliances, this is WDVE Pittsburgh. What about this? People proposing at other people's wedding ceremonies? Or uh-uh. That's that's. I think that's bad form, isn't it? No, that's like I dying at somebody else's that. funeral. You can't do it. It's just gauche. It's just not your moment. It's not no, your moment. Right. Uh, and the couple smearing cake at each other's faces. I never like that either. Yeah, I never got that. You do. Randy does. Randy's face oh, says Randy I would do it, it in a heartbeat. Yes, yeah. we do. I think it, no, I wouldn't. I think it's hilarious when they do that. You but I just don't want it to stop there. I mean, it like. Go for the face and then just really, like, really go at it. Like, roll around in the cake and start dry humping on top of the, like, plastic <laughs> nano. It's like, old, go at old it. Full November rain, crash into the cake. Yeah. You know? Randy <laughs> and the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell joining us live from ah, Los Angeles, California, on a DVE Morning ah, Show. The dog's barking and everyone's happy. Everybody's happy. It's a big day. I told you, Patty got to say hi to you guys on the Zoom. Shane been up this early in a year. (laughs) Usually, usually it's shut the door and don't make a lot of noise when you're doing DVE and don't yell the same thing for an hour. (laughs) And uh, we're going to get the boy at college. She was up at 4 a.m. So it's like watching Rambo prepare. Remember when first (laughs) got our stuff laid out on the table? (laughs) Except it's like cookies and Gatorade and whatever other thing he wants. Putting in the Scrunchy from the back. Yeah, dude, yeah, just tying her hair. You hit a <laughs> the rattlesnake sign, tying her hair up like a samurai. God help anybody who gets in her way today. I, I'm just glad he's coming home, so it'll be something back in that fridge. But that, that oh. fridge, that fridge looks like we're in the depression era. <laughs> now, we'll we'll come home. There'll be anything he might want in that fridge later today. So I'll be very excited about that. I get to peruse his stuff a little bit. Something <laughs> tells me, though, that you have done a good job of letting him know how good he's got it. I might remind him of that once or twice, Randy. In fact, I, I, you know, as a father, you need to check your power once in a while. You need to know that you're repeating things enough. You got to just double in on them a couple times. When their eyes start to roll, you know, you're a, that's good. That's like that's right at the red line. That's where you want them. That's where you yeah. want them. Right at the right. He goes, "Why well, you got to repeat it so many times?" I said, "Cause one day, boy, I'm gonna be gone, and you're gonna be faced with a situation, and all you're gonna have to do is think of me standing next to you, and you'll hear exactly what to do." I carry yeah. on. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, how many it times do you true. hear your dad's voice? I hear, I hear Randy, I hear him today. I hear him today. And when I ask a question, I get the answer back. I can hear his voice, you know. One of my favorite ones is, and I gave Will this during college, because, you know, during, during the first year of college, they all go through some, you know, I got to know what I'm doing. I don't want to. I just can't. Who am I? Who am I supposed am I to gonna, be? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, so I gave him a nice, you know, emotional Emotionally elevated answer about accepting uh, your situation. You know, that's the way you get through it. You accept your situation. 
And if you can accept your situation, you're only fighting the problem. You're not fighting yourself and the problem. And then I always add in, and as Papap would say, well, we're in it now, Will. What do you want to do? Let's deal with it for crying out loud. We uh, do, well, that's pre- we're in it now. <laughs> so that's his first year of college done. Yeah, man. He, he's in done. the books. In a, and, and coming home with a B average. For the yeah. first year, that's just tremendous, man. Yeah. I would have advised in there that I would, they would have just been like getting calls like, you need to come get him. Uh, it's not yeah. going to work right. out for him. <laughs> so uh, I, it's not him. It's us. He, it's just he built, it's he, not he a, built a nightclub in the dorm building. <laughs> we can't have that. He's charging covers. There's red cups everywhere with people's <laughs> names on them. We can't. We just can't have him here. Well, I, I lived in a Brady Bunch house uh, growing right. up. I couldn't wait to get out. But Will, yeah. I mean, he's the only no, child. I, no, he had he, it all, right? Yeah, so, like, he's, but I would imagine the homesickness factor might have been a little ratcheted up for him. Well, you know, when he came home for Christmas break, he was really, I saw a real grateful change in him because I think he realized, wow, you know, they've been doing everything for me. And we have. You know what I mean? But he's also yeah. a good kid. Like, if, even when he was little, I'd walk by, I'd go, you're a spoiled brat. He'd go, I'm not spoiled. <laughs> or no, he'd go, I'm not a brat. <laughs> but I am spoiled. <laughs> but he, he's always gotten that. But, I, yeah, I, I might mention once or a thousand times that, you know, I'm trying to get him a car. I say, you're, yeah, I go, all you had to do is keep the B average. I go, as long as you keep the B average, I got you. But you drop below that, you get a job. And I'm begging him. I want to buy him a car. I'm begging. Like, when does that happen in your life? And and he's totally McConaughey about that. He's like, I'm just riding the bus, man. Everything, Randy, give me a, I'm just riding the bus, Dad. (laughs) Just riding the bus, Dad. (laughs) Exactly what it is, man. All I need is a transfer and some cool buzz and everything (laughs) at all. That's him. That's him. He's wandering around saying, Fran with you know green hair and a Hawaiian shirt. Like I don't know why you're so upset, pops. Like, like okay, say we go down to Hate Ashbury. <laughs> they got good. They got good street tacos down there. That's <laughs> damn. So what? Well, you I know, told, I'm trying to buy the car from. I said, do you know what it was like when I wanted to get a car? And he goes, no, but you're going to tell me. I go exactly right. So <laughs> I'm being 16. I go to my pop. I go, Dad, I need a car. He said, No, you need a job. Employment's what you're looking for. <laughs> That's going to lead you to the promised land. I can't even but give see, a card to this kid. All you guys, as parents, I would think that would, for me, be like the biggest challenge to not say, like, I didn't get that. You're not getting it. Instead of going, maybe I should have got it. So you'll yeah. get it. Well, my, my mm-hmm. rules are always, there's always a deal. We're always cutting a deal. And that, and, it's an ongoing negotiation. Always, Billy. Always. Even like even back in the day when like he went to a great little public elementary school, which was fantastic around the corner from us. And uh, and then when he got to seventh grade, I looked around. The junior highs were good, but the high schools in my area are just awful. They're just awful, awful school systems. So I figured, all right, I'm going to put them in private school. And I wanted to do that one for a better chance of college, but two, I like the safety of, of a guarded campus. You kid, there's not, nothing's a hundred percent, but that's what I was looking at. And mm-hmm. so he got a chance to go to this really nice private school. And I figured start him in seventh or 10th. Seventh is better. Trying to start in a new place in 10th is tougher. This way, at least you, you're grabbing friends as you go. But I told him, I said, here's the deal. I said, you got to get nothing lower than a B or. I put you back in the public school system. And he goes, okay. I go, no, we're not done yet. Get in the car. 
So then I drove him. This is like in seventh grade. This is so Swissville. I found the worst possible school that I could find. Like, it just looked like, you know, there might as well have been barbed wire on right. the thing. So I drove, I drove him by there and I go, you get anything lower than a B, this is where you got to go. <laughs> a visual works very well. Yes. So the Rowan Green is the principal. Yeah. 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 Will 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 Goddell arrived day one at the public school system. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, I don't like the California high schools out here. So that's why I chose to do that. But but we had the same deal in college. I go, here's the deal: get 250 bucks a week. As long as you're going good, you need more, you get a job, or you go below a B. You're working. That's a deal. But I, my payment yeah. is good grades and no calls from the cops. And the kid held his end of the deal. I got to give it to him. That's wow. nice. It's phenomenal. That's I still nice. try to give him a little Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. You're I had so many stupid little jobs trying to make money during college. Oh, I was a man. I was I didn't, a note I didn't college, but I had that thing, dude. Yeah. 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 Early on. I was yeah. a note taker. I got paid to right. take notes in class. It was right. called Nittany Notes at Penn State. And I would like. I get paid. I, I I became friends with the guys. I don't know why they were like one of the guys knew one of my older brothers because he went to West right. Virginia. He's like, oh, dude, I know your brother. I was like, cool. Give me some more classes. And yeah. I was the worst person. To, you know, I was not like some star student, but they would pay me like, I think, eight dollars a class. No, but paid. I imagine I've seen you prep for a show. I imagine that was the beginning of that. Because oh I've, no, I've Bill! Because psych- what I did, I've seen your psychosis in action. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of psychosis because I care about it. Like I didn't care about right, marketing right. three twenty seven, so I would like <laughs> borrow somebody else's notes and then I would type them up and hand them in right, and get right. paid for it. Right. Um, I was that, and I then always, just doing stupid piano gigs here and there and things like that. that and like yeah, but again, work power. study. Where, like work study was you would get paid to do things on campus. For, so like. Uh, I got paid to drive people to the canoeing class. Oh, really? Yeah. And I would like drive the van. <laughs> like, all right, everybody you know, ready to you, go? And you know, they go out I, canoeing. Before I quit, I have been out drinking with you. I don't know if you, if I'd be putting you down as my ride to the lake. I don't know. I don't know if Bauman, I don't know if Bauman would be at the top of my list at 6 a.m. Well, you're going to get there fast. Yeah, Just come rolling well, in there yeah. with the Beach Boys blaring at six a.m. You need to ride up the lake, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same thing for skiing. I drove skiers out to the mountain for their skiing class and stuff like that. Uh, and I can't. There was. It was like they would tell you. Professors would be like, "Hey, there's an opportunity for work study in this class," and it would be like loading stuff into the classroom. Like you'd have yeah. to show up a little bit early, and you'd get paid. Right. 15 bucks or something like that's, that that's a good deal though my my jobs when i first started as a comic just trying to before i could get booked on the road i was a, a good house painter i did i could do you and I bill could, both yeah i could uh, who bill oh yeah me offer, yeah. Were you painting? oh yeah uh, we'd have been on the truck together guys uh, no house would have got I, painted I, you know, that's wrong because i used to light them up I, I wasn't a roller though i let the other guys roll i could cut in I yeah. could cut in with a steady hand by myself, no edger. My dad taught me how to do it, so I'd cut the room and then go out in the truck and smoke weed while they rolled the house. And <laughs> come back, you guys ready for that dining room? I Bill, everybody. Bill, I was on a couple of paint crews where I would just w- w- you know walk around cutting up with everybody to the point where we're painting this exterior of this house. They put a ladder up to this porch. I go yeah. up onto the porch. They pull the ladder off. They're like, just stay there for the day. We got to yeah, get we'll some stuff done. Get you around three, Bill. 
She you left got, me up got there. enough brushes. We'll cut you brown through. I could never do outside. I was always the interior. Oh, the outside was Wait, the worst in they, the summer. They, I mean, did they for real leave you up there for a while, or were they just yeah. messing with you? No, no. They <laughs> left, they left me up there because I was just yeah. I was distracting everybody from getting the job done. Yeah, we and or we had we had two we had two houses going at one time, and they'd put a guy on the roof, take the ladder, and go over to the other house. And they'd be like, <laughs> we'll be back in about two hours. You yeah, got primer, you got finish, yeah. you got You're caulking, fine. you got fine. sandpaper. That's what fine, you Bill. That's fine. You had to you pee, pee on the roof? Well, there's a gutter. <laughs> yeah, over the roof. You now have a fountain on your roof. That's weird. It's a water feature. <laughs> Billy Gardell joining us live from Los Angeles, California this morning. Val is uh, under the weather. She doesn't have COVID. Mike Feel has COVID. Better. But he's not, Feel better. Mike's not feeling that bad. But he's got COVID. Val doesn't have COVID, but she is a mess. She's got a I'm, terrible I'm, fever. And so, uh, well, let's wish them both quick and speedy recoveries. Quick exactly. Speedy recovery. I had the COVID last week, you know, Bill. Did you get it? I did. I, now, I don't know how. It might have been it, uh, in Las Vegas at the NFL draft or at the Jazz Fest in New Orleans with 150,000 people. It was one of those two, but I, I, I don't know which one. Well, uh, I, I don't know how. I've had my, I'm boosted twice. So I got four in me. So, like, I can actually communicate with aliens in outer space because <laughs> you know, that's what happens there. Anyway, uh, but I, I, uh, I went to Vegas too. I had some business. I went to Vegas and we went down to Fremont Street one night and I don't have any idea. Somehow I didn't get it. And I don't, I still, I'm still a weirdo. I wear my mask in an elevator or in a big crowded place. I just don't care. I just will. But I, I, uh, my buddy I was with got it, but I didn't. And I don't know how that happened because we did the same stuff the whole, whole ride. Everybody I I was with, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet. Everybody else with got it. I heard from people that I met down there, like cause I met a bunch of Pittsburghers down there, and they hit yeah. me up. Uh, two different groups of people are like, yo, hey, great seeing you down there. By the way, we all have COVID, too. So it was just going around down there. But well, I was, I got the I got the second boost, too, Bill, and it was nothing for me. Like, I yeah. I had I didn't cough once. I was no, just I, that's uh, what I've tired. heard. Everybody I know who's gotten it has been vaccinated, said it's either like a head cold or or very little symptoms at all. So that's. Yeah, that's a real gift. That's a real gift. No, I felt lucky. I was sitting and there you get better 5G, cuz I got 5G. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I'm talking to space right now. Yeah. With that whole last round one uh, series with the pens, I kept thinking like every time that they lost, I'm like, I hope I don't get COVID for this. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I'm back to right? doing dumb stuff. And I was just like, all right, I'm surrounded by Rangers fans and they're being jagoffs. And chances are now they've lost the game. And also I get COVID. Tell because, Abby, me. you were at all three home games. Yeah. And people are just screaming at the top of their lungs in those playoff games. Yeah. The yeah. lady next to me, um, to my right, uh, you know, I'm sitting Travis is to one side and this lady on the other and she coughed so many times and I started oh. like, the more intense the game got the more I was like, cough one more time, cough one more time mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Abby, Abby, I had the same thing on the plane ride home, I'm like one of four people wearing a mask it's me, you know, a doctor and two nice old ladies, we're wearing our masks, everybody else is just chomping peanuts and spitting everywhere <laughs> Mm-hmm. But there, there's a guy who starts coughing halfway through the plane ride, like he's two two seats back, and he's coughing. And you know when you get that, 
you try to be tolerant of everybody. Look, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I mind my business. I don't you do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. But this guy's hacking and hacking and hacking. And I was getting that, you know, that kind of crazy Ferris Bueller's like that tension that builds in the back of your neck when you mm-hmm. can't say something to somebody, but you just, uh-huh. he'll keep every, calling me. He'll keep yeah. calling me. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> it took everything I had not to turn around and go, come on. Dude, <laughs> I did. It was, I did. I it was the exact myself. same thing on the flight back from Vegas. Oh, yeah. Joe was sitting behind me and we were on right. Southwest. And uh, like, so, South you know, we, everybody <laughs> just picks their, their seats. And yeah, Joe's yeah. right behind me. And the guy who's directly across the aisle from Joe, no mask. And he is coughing guttural coughs. Not, <laughs> like, not clearing his throat. He's like, it's like a dog barking. Like a steel got loose. Just for like three hours. And for the first hour and a half, I was like, oh, man, this is so bad. This is so bad. And then it just got funny. I'm like, what are you going to do? You're trapped. What are you going to do? What are you going to go put a pillow over the guy's head? Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like those passengers that get out of control. You got to duct tape his mouth shut. Well, yeah, yeah, dude. How about that? How about you get on a plane and you land and you're in duct tape? Maybe, maybe your parents have failed you. Look That's what in I the think. mirror. You, you obviously don't know how to be out in public. I tell you, who's as bad as the pet people? Now, listen. I understand how important pets are, but stop bringing them on the plane. If you can't fly without a chipmunk or a squirrel, you shouldn't be going anywhere. That's all I'm saying. Okay, or, or I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start fighting back. I'm gonna get a pet. Like iguana, like and no, like a kimono dragon, like so, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. huge. And sit it in the chair next to me. Guy he calms me down. He has to be here. Yeah, <laughs> careful. He got venom in his teeth, though. You don't want to get too close. I enough. enough. You guys like Matthew, help me Matthew set up Broderick his heat lamp. Freshman. Yeah, <laughs> I have a friend who legit said last week at. Uh, um, you know, one of the medical marijuana shops, there was somebody who was in line with a lizard on his shoulder as he made the purchase as an emotional support animal. At the weed and store? I've, at the weed store. That's so like what that people that don't friendly. want weed to be legal would picture <laughs> a weed store to be yeah. like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can you can argue all the positivity of hemp, like it, you can make products out of it. You it, you know low low emissions for the atmosphere when you make yeah. products out of it. There's an oil that you could 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 possibly run machinery, blah, 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 but it's it's always the dude with the lizard that blows that case oh wide open. Right? <laughs> you can make rope out of it, man. Why did we pick this guy? To you go gotta get hill? in the back, dude. You gotta uh, get in the back. Gosh, yeah, back in the line, guys. <laughs> my coach, you and your cousin Eddie, you gotta wait out front. You gotta wait out front. William Randolph Hearst owned a bunch of paper plants, bro, and he had to print all of his newspapers <laughs> on his own paper. But hemp was way cheaper, right? But so he couldn't he couldn't let hemp be legal, right? And he controlled everything, right? So like he totally demonized weed because he owned all gosh, the paper plants. Gosh. He owned the forests. Cuz, put a pin in it. I'll come back to you on this. I promise. I promise (laughs) we'll come back to you on this. And it it all boils down to I really want to get high. They don't really care about the other parts of it. Like buzz legally. Is that all right with everybody? Well, now it's it's different. Now you can pretty much do it everywhere. Out out here, it's it's legal for uh, recreational and medical uh, use, which just baffles me. I've told you before, it's like. Uh, I, I went and got, uh, CBD oil one time, um, what, 
Patty had had a knee thing and I had a neck thing and I got the kind, you know, with the no THC in it, but it's just CBD oil and it helped. Yeah. <clears throat> but I got to go into one of the places and it was, it's like, I remember sitting at a dealer's house having to sit through four stories and a Peter Frampton album before I could get out of there with my weed. <laughs> and now these kids, they, they just waltz in like it was Willy Wonka. I should just be out front. Well, I'm with me <laughs> and you'll be <laughs> in a world of pure imagination. Step just, into the gondola. You know, just gummy bears and, you know, whatever you need. Chocolate bars, you know, weed. They got weed drinks now. Did you see that? It's the best. Really? Yeah. Um, Glad that yeah. wasn't around when I when I knew when I was running. Yeah. I'm glad that was. I'd have been in a cooler constant. I would have drove around with a cooler of those <laughs> back in my trunk. When I was uh, at New Orleans down at the fest, we were walking in the one day, and there was a woman outside of the gates, and she had a bucket full of just wonder joints, and she was <laughs> smoking one, and she was like, you know, joints, yeah, pre rolls, pre rolls. And she's holding them up in the air and she's smoking and blowing it. And there was like a cop not far from us. And uh, he was like, All right, everyone have a good day. Have a good day. And he's just being cool. And I was like, Wait, it, it's not legal here, is it? And then these other people next to us are like, No, no, it's not legal here. Just and no, didn't care. Just selling pre rolls out of a bucket and blowing big I mean, joints. I, I, again, it is. I, that's but one of the things about New Orleans. So I mean, you know, it's New Orleans. Yeah, they got other problems. They, they got other, but but not just that. They just like you no know, people are just going to park here. That's a, it, yeah. it, that's their state flag mm -hmm. should be that circle with the two X's in his eyes. You know what I mean? The smiley face. <laughs> that should be their flag. New Orleans, let's oh. go, man. They let go. Oh, but the next you. morning they have the magical hickory coffee that'll set you right back on your feet. Oh, that yes, is the strongest coffee. I, I vibrated like the flash when I drank yeah. a cup, but I had great coffee. Mm -hmm. They got no that, uh, yeah, that Cafe Dumont and a Cafe Olay. Dumont, that's the one. Get Cafe yourself Dumont. some of that sugar, Bill. Get you yeah. going. Now, before we go to the commercial break, I wanted to ask you, next week is the season finale of Bob, Bob Hart's Abishola. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We can, we're coming into season, season four. It, buddy. It's wrapped up season three. I am three on, strong I, seasons. Kazi, I'm on a Cal Ripken streak, man. I'm on a Cal Ripken streak. Knockwood, I don't know how much longer it's going to go, but this has been unbelievable. Like Peyton Manning leading two different teams to the two Super Bowl. Teams, Kazi, I'm one, I'm one year away. Like, if we complete four and get picked up for five, that'll be back-to-back -back over 100 episode sitcoms. Back-to-back, -back, Kazi. That's, that's back -back. where you're headed. That's, I, like, I that, that's like 78 and 79 with the Steelers is what that is. <laughs> I know, but you enjoy it's such rarefied air. I bet there's less than like thirty or forty actors that could make. I that don't claim. even think there's that many for sitcoms. All I could come up with was Newhart, Ted Danson, Danson, Kelsey Grammer, Julie Louise Dreyfus, Ed O'Neill. Yep. Oh yeah, Billy, Billy Gardell. Mm. How about that? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, how about that, dude? That's a club to be in, right there. Yeah, it is. And I told you, I have Captain Jack Sparrowed my entire career, and I think I'm going to do it one more time because just as the networks evaporate and become streaming services, I will step off the sinking boat onto the dock and off into the woods I'll go. <laughs> It'll have been a hell of a ride. Well, Billy Gardell sliding underneath uh, oh, the, uh, the closing door there and grabbing his grabbing hat. Grabbing my hat and I'm out the door, brother. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I guess my whole life I am that fat kid that barely made it over the fence, but I got there. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to come back. Tim Benz will have a quick sports update for you. Billy Gardell joining yes. us live from Los Angeles this morning uh-huh. with Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. This is Mark Madden. Get rid of your ED issues long term. Go to nuflomenshealth.com. You can tell a lot about a business by their habits, and when they're known for giving back. Vermont Appliance, the Penguins, holding exit interviews with the media today. Everybody in town still coming to grips with the playoffs ending in the first round for a fourth straight season. Five straight now playoff series defeats for the Pens. Head coach Mike Sullivan and various Penguins plan to speak before leaving town. We'll see if Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Brian Rust, and Ricard Raquel are among them. Those guys are all unrestricted free agents and may not be back for 2022-23. Could be a very different-looking Penguins team next season. We know Sidney Crosby will be back. That, of course, is a good thing. We know Jake Gensel will be back, which is a great thing, given that Gensel is really peaking as a goal scorer right now. He was probably the best Penguin on the ice for the entirety of that series against the New York Rangers that the Pens lost 4-3 to in overtime game 7. That was the final defeat on Monday night, but Gensel scored in that game as well, kicking the puck to himself and knocking it out of the air. Eight goals in the series. Mike Sullivan talks about how good Gensel was and has been throughout the season. I thought he was terrific. You know, I thought he was terrific every game. He's, he's just such a competitive player. He's a high-stakes player. He thrives in these environments. You know, he's a threat all the time, and he, and he loves to compete. Goaltender Tristan Jari on Gensel as well. He's incredible. Uh, just the way he finds in that and just the way he scores. He's, he's a machine that way, just being able to, to score that like that in every single game and keep us in it. I think he, he took a big burden on that coming into the postseason, and he was someone that led the team. Yeah, Jari will be back too, and now the question becomes, again, what will Jari be like moving forward as the goalie into the playoffs next year since we really didn't get a look at how he performed as a goaltender with that question hanging over his head this year. He was an all-star in the regular season for a second time, but only got to play in Game 7 because he was dealing with that foot injury, which kept him sidelined for about a month before getting in at the end of the series against the Rangers after Louis Domingue was benched and after Casey DeSmith got hurt. Mark Madden on 105.9 The X said during our Breakfast with Ben's podcast at Trib Live yesterday that he does not expect to see President of Hockey Ops Brian Burke back next year and he wouldn't completely be stunned if General Manager Ron Hextall is gone sooner rather than later. Playoffs resume tonight. Tampa Bay versus Florida. That series starts at 7. St. Louis and Colorado. Game 1 there at 9.30. Pirates, they lost 9 to nothing to the Chicago Cubs yesterday. The Buccos were no hit on Sunday, but won anyway against the Reds. They didn't get a hit against Wade Miley of the Cubs until the 5th yesterday. So their struggles at the plate continue. Also struggles pitching yesterday, allowing 9 runs, excuse me, 8 runs in the first inning. And there was a grand slam in the first from the leadoff hitter, Wilson Contreras, who managed to double in his first at-bat. The team batted around. Leadoff hitter came up and hit a grand slam in the first. That hasn't happened since George Springer in 2016. And just the 10th time at Major League Baseball has seen this happen since the 1930s. Steelers news. Former Steeler Vince Williams taking a job as the Pine Richland linebackers coach. Meanwhile, Steelers rookie minicamp is in the books. DeMarvin Leal, the third-round draft choice from Texas A&M, the defensive end. 
Claims he's already put on 15 pounds when he was drafted. A lot of people liked the high-end talent that Leal brings to the Steelers at the defensive end position, but is he a little light coming out of A&M at 283 pounds? Well, Leal says he's now almost just shy of 300 since his combine weight, and he seems to have a pretty good understanding of what is asked of a Steelers 3-4 defensive end. Stop the run, of course, get after the QB, just be disruptive and just make sure that, you know, I can help my other teammates, you know, get things open on, like, different uh, pass rush situations. Staying low, hands, uh, getting off the ball, basically just being able to move and just know what's going on with all the calls and checks. Mike Tomlin, by the way, saying uh, Leal decided to put the weight on on his own, not at the behest of the team. And also from the realm of the Steelers, Antonio Brown says he wants to retire as a Steeler. Tweeted that out yesterday. Doesn't say he wants to play for the Steelers again. Just kind of wants the ceremonial rebuilding of the bridge going into his post-football career, which, by the way, does continue at the Enclave on Friday night where A.B. will be performing He's got a set scheduled for Friday night there, so I'm sure this is just convenient timing and not at all planned from Antonio Brown. And that's sports at 930. Tim Benz, thanks so much. Appreciate you filling in for Mike today. I think Mike will be back tomorrow. He's got the COVID, but he's feeling pretty good. We just wanted to get him uh, some, some, you know, a night of, of rest. A good night's sleep. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. And we wish him a quick and speedy recovery and Val with her cold as well. I hope she's having soup somewhere. I know. I feel bad for Val. It sounds like she's having a rough time. She's the Mm -hmm. sickest of all of us. Like, that's the thing that's so... So just just a seasonal cold that's heavy, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's just whooping her ass. Well, she also works We talked about that even before the pandemic. I remember we had a run one morning where it's like, can't you just get a cold, have some soup, and watch an old movie for three days? Now Mm -hmm. even the common cold will just murder you. The bugs are so bad now. It'll just murder you. Well, when I had the COVID, all I had was the fatigue, COVID. so it was it was perfect, like drinking Gatorade and watching movie type of call. And I got the Criterion right. Channel. Oh my god, dude, <laughs> dude! I, I can't. O'Connell turned Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills turned me on to that app. I get lost in that thing. It is unbelievable. It's so cool, Abby. Have you seen the Criterion Channel? No. Oh, Basically, Criterion. it's for like Amazing. movie. Yeah. nerds you like Dorks. used to really yeah. love movies classic but films the yes. first thing they that it showed when i when i turned on the app was they're featuring a richard linklater film yeah. uh like you know retrospective yeah, his collection yeah his collection and yeah. so it's like every movie he he directed three movies before dazed and confused right and then you know he had so many hits after dazed and confused but i watched like the precursors to that and then these little like films that he made like they have like small like half hour shorts he made and stuff like that yeah. you could just go down the rabbit hole on all these people oh, it was the best. super fun the best that was all the stuff you were tweeting weren't you no you i went down that? a red down rabbit hole that was just on showtime and i could <laughs> not it was just regular randy <laughs> yeah that, they have like, on that criterion though they have all that i didn't mean to cut you off they have they have all that uh like uh like you said it's it's like collections of directors collections of actors yes. and mm-hmm. all the great legendary ones and you could just get lost 
Just lost. Yeah, and it just tells you, like, hey, this is a great movie, and here's why. Like, if you follow them on social media, they'll be like, hey, we're featuring this this month. And you check it out, you're like, I've right. never heard of that movie. Like, right, the right. one movie that I thought for sure I would have heard of and I never did was called The Day Trippers. It was Greg Matola's first movie. Oh, he graduated from Carnegie Mellon and then went on to become, you know, great comedy director. Mm -hmm. uh, he did Adventureland here in Pittsburgh, too, which was right, a, a, one of my favorites. But The Day Trippers, it had, I mean, listen to this cast. It had um, Liev Schreiber. Uh, Parker Posey, Hope Davis, Stanley Tucci, uh, and uh, oh god, there's another actress whose whose name is escaping me right now, but we all know it was just packed with stars. But before yeah. they were all stars, right, 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 you know? just a great collection of actors that, and they're like, oh, Jim, uh, uh, James Brooks got a hold of the script and he liked it, and he gave him fifty thousand dollars out of college to do this movie, and then I so watched cool. it, and it was great. It yeah, was really so good. Cool. I love when you stumble across gems like that, too. Mm -hmm. Joey found one on there the other night that was Peter Falk and Nick Cassavetes. Oh, uh, is and, it Nikki, uh, Nikki and... Uh, yes. Um, Mike, Mikey and Nikki. Mikey and Nikki. Oh, yeah. That's... Um, Elaine May directed that. Such a good movie. Yeah. Dude. Cassavetes and Falk together are great. The I'm not twist at the end high. of that movie is heavy. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and uh you see Ned Beatty is like a a cold-blooded hardcore killer which is just so weird to watch that. Yeah. Cuz I'm all, you know, when we grew up it was Mr. Luto, Mr. Luto. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, "Wow," you know. Yeah, so I, he was I the deliverance guy. He was Lex yeah. Luthor's assistant. Right. Uh, and he was, you know, and Clyde Torkel from Clyde Torkel's Chicken Pit, uh, of course, <laughs> in Stroker Race. <laughs> But to watch him play the heavy was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. See, so, so what? Uh, the point of me saying this, Bill, is there's never been a better time to stay homesick. No, I'm with you. <laughs> there's so many I'm, I'm all about the Criterion Collection. I'm One of you. Ned Beatty's most incredible performances is in Network. I mean, some of the oh, yeah. it's a very right. small That's role, right. yeah, but his killed. parts are incredible. Yep. Yes. Yep. That show yeah, applies that today, doesn't it? Yep. Sure, that oh yeah. Applies today, man, more than ever. All right, let's do a quick break. We'll come back and uh, more with Billy Gardell live. We all from Los Angeles, California. This hour going quick this morning, cause sometimes like, it does. Sometimes like it does. Other times it feels. Well, well yeah. you know, some of us have been here since six a.m. and it feels like well, we've been here right. for four all days. Right. So. Right. Always about the shift. Always about the shift. DVE. <laughs> <laughs> Music freaks are always welcome in the afternoon. Yeah, turn dude. that up. Turn that up. Okay. That's what you play. That's what you play in your cubicle when you want people to leave alone. You suck mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the DV morning today. show. Billy Gardell is with you know. That's the other thing I miss about when we had a bunch of people in the office back when you know in the before the plague times and yeah. when we had you know yeah when people used to come to work space. That was crazy. <laughs> <Come> to work. <laughs> But everybody would be just jamming stuff in their office, yeah. and it would just be like blaring through the hallways. And that one yeah. dude that worked there, Dave, he would always play like that death metal really loud and stuff. I love that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Abby's uh, here filling in for Val this morning, and uh, a bunch of things we didn't get to earlier in the show. All right. No, I thought this would be fun because it gives us an excuse to talk music anyway. Um, right. Have you ever heard of color psychology? You know, what? color psychology. 
it's it's the study of how colors influence your behavior. Oh, like red makes you angry, blue makes you peaceful. Or hungry, yeah, yeah. blue calms <laughs> yeah. you down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. for sure. So it's like that. So Big Think did this study a few years ago of what colors say about your personality. But Loudwire took it a step further and then it had that applied to the rock world. So there's oh, a list okay. of colors along with associated personality traits. And then that gives you your like color match bands. So mm. I kind of want to see. I like where you're going with this, Shabby. I like All where right. you're going Billy, with this. Uh, Billy, I'm going to have you go first. All right. We're talking mostly <laughs> primary colors here, so don't get too wild okay. on me. Don't be teal. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to drop a few, Sean. Yeah, don't hit her with a chartreuse. I got you. I got you. But give me, give me a favorite color, and let's see if it holds water. Uh deep blue. Okay, blue. You are laid back and easygoing. You're peaceful and compassionate Trust. while still being strong. But just because you're uh, just because you're not bold doesn't mean you're soft. So your uh, match bands are Allison Chains and Tool. Well, I, I think you might. I, I don't think you may have gone far enough back in time machine for me. I think we stopped about a decade <laughs> early. Like a good like Allison Chains Tool. I, I don't think I'm, more... I wouldn't be getting involved in either of those camps. However. Uh, I, I think maybe Jerry Rafferty, some Doobie Brothers. I think, I think <laughs> you, you need a more yacht far. rock. Yeah, you didn't palette. go far enough back. A couple me, exits you know? down. See, okay, yeah. now according to the he should have said the navy blue instead of deep blue, <laughs> and then I would have you know, the, the nautical aspect of it would have teed you off into ocean realizing blue. You're a better match with white. White has Pink Floyd. The police, Fleetwood yeah, Mac, that, like that's a there little bit go. more like white. That's my that wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Randy, you got a color for me? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I I would have said blue, but I'll go green because that'd be the okay, next that's green. Blue and blues and uh, greens. You're likely a practical person and down to earth. You enjoy helping others, but it's possible you also have a jealous side. See Dio mm. and Alice Cooper. Green with envy. I'm not, not a real, Alice uh, Cooper. I'm not a big Alice Cooper fan. I, mean, I, I like got him. Tool. You got Alice Cooper. Dio, yeah, though, right? Picking. Come on. Dio's pretty cool. Dio is cool. Oh, dude. I love Dio. It was his birthday yesterday, by the way. Rest Dio's birthday? Hour. It was Rest yesterday. Hour. Yeah. Dude, I mean, so if right. you put on the last in line, even, like, just go, like, that whole record, man, the amount of time that I play that damn record, we Every time you did that, I was like, yeah! <laughs> all right, Crawford, well, give me color. Well, we, we took all the good colors, blue and how, green. How so about black? All right. That's black. ACDC. That ACDC came right to mind because of black and I black. I put ACDC, and that would match with these bands, so you're pretty serious. Perhaps too much. Uh, oh, and gosh. you're probably also dark and a bit pessimistic, but it's okay. Yeah. You're a unique individual. <laughs> They gave you a Black Sabbath, ah, type right. of negative, and corn. And Antonio corn. Brown. Yeah. Who's and Antonio A-B. Brown. In here. If I was a bouncer this bit, I'd become a, who let all these 90s bands in here? Right. We're not doing that. No, they're, they're definitely trying to Corn with the backwards the K is out. We're at capacity. You can't come in. Get going. <laughs> Billy, do you think you have mellowed in your listening tastes with age? Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely have, man. I, I just can't be yelled at anymore. 
I think something <laughs> hits you at 50. You're like, if you're yelling at me, I'm switching the channel. Yeah, I just, but I'm such a classic rock fan. I don't ever, I, I didn't dabble too much in metal. There was a couple things, but for the most part, man, I'm, I'm, I'm meat and potatoes, classic rock. You know what I mean? I, that's mm-hmm. the guys that I like, but I, I also found that jazz became a really huge part of my life uh, a little Ooh. bit as I, as I grew up a little more. I, I really yeah. can, I can finally hear it. My dad used to always say jazz is graduation music. You can't hear that till you're ready to listen. Mm-hmm. I always sure. love that, you know. Yeah. Does everybody else feel like the 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 things that you got really close and attached to when you were a teenager still are maybe like your core sound, like things that still kind of stick with you? Oh yeah, yeah I, can, I I I remember hearing the Clash in seventh grade, oh, and I heard uh, uh, London's Burning, London's and I Con- thought. London or London's calling. calling. London's calling. Sorry, and uh, and I just thought I'm never going to listen to another adult my entire life <laughs> when I heard that album. So it still has that warm rebellion yeah. feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it had such a rebellion feel to it. Not just well. Like, I will tell you this as like somebody who was a teenager in the '80s that I hate the amount of music I missed because I was told it wasn't cool. And I was too much of a conformist yeah, you know what? to not I listen find, to it. I and then when I got older, I listened to it. I'm like, that stuff's awesome. Dude, you know, I, I'll give it to you. I, I, the same thing, man. I was a closet Duran Duran fan. Couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> dude, Duran Duran's and great. Now I love them, dude. And but again, that comes <laughs> with the fifty card. Like, well, you, you like to do. Hey, good thing is I don't care what you think anymore. But I yeah. Duran Duran, <laughs> and I'll tell you another '80s band that I've been killing it with lately. Simply Red. Oh, yeah. Incredible first album. Incredible yeah. first album. Open up the, the red box. Heaven holding back the years. Another, but again, one of those bands you're like, no, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> it's great yeah. news. A lot of new wave hit our family uh, during COVID. Like we just kind of started diving into bands and we never really listened to that much. Um, but it started with new wave. Um, the, the one record that blew my mind that I never listened to because I was under the impression that I hate the B-52s. Because I oh, only no, knew great. like Love Shack. We listened to that '79 self-titled record, and oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I got obsessed with them. I'm like, this is like a punk. Record. This is so <laughs> they good. They were, they were, they were a punk. The first three B52 records are with the original guitar player, whose name escapes me right now. But that right. guy was I, me like, too. I have to look up. But he's that guy the was guy a bad there, right? So. I think yeah, once that, he passed, that's, that's when we that, start getting into that, Love Shack. Love Shack, that, yeah. That's that. That's that Athens, Georgia alt rock because that begat REM. And mm-hmm. the, the right. B-52s were the big scene down there, man. They were the ones. I will say R.E.M. Scene. was the one band that I listened to a ton that I caught a little bit of flack for liking them. And yeah. I didn't care. I like no, pre-losing pre- pre- losing my religion there. and everything, which yeah. I still like Time Out of Mind. I think it's a great record. Yeah. But to right. me, everything up through Automatic for the People Killer. and even New Adventures in Hi-Fi, like, they didn't Killer. make bad records. No, I think kill, my, kill my problem for a band like that was that I wasn't going and listening to the whole album and I was only getting the MTV video version of them <laughs> and I couldn't stand them. I'm like, this is the most whiniest band. They're oh, getting out yeah. of their Everybody cars hurts. on the freeway. It's just like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Nobody wanted to listen to Everybody Hurts. Back Even REM fans didn't want to hear that. in your car. Song. Dude, I tell you Come what, on, I played man. that. <laughs> One like I always like to drop a bomb on a jukebox when I'm leaving a bar, and that was sure. one of the cruelest <laughs> ones oh, I ever did. Everybody I played hurts. "Everybody Hurts," and I was I like, "I'll see you guys everybody later." I love that. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Oh. Six minutes of bumming you guys out. 
Do you, <laughs> Billy, do you remember we used to go after your shows or after any shows at the improv, we'd go over to Rock Bottom, and one of my biggest pet peeves with that bar was they used to start wrapping it up like an hour and a half before they closed, yeah, early, and early. they would play songs literally like, closing time, I know who I want to but take that, me home. What's great, though, is, is that, you know, Pittsburghers would just fight back on that because I, I remember hearing in there many times we got 45 minutes left <laughs> 45 according to my watch you guys don't get Turn to leave off. with us you work here <laughs> Billy uh, before we go I want to make mention of the, the uh, what what did you do for Mayor what did you do for oh, Joey O'Connell's mom for, well, I got invited on a, a secret celebrity renovation and they said do you have anybody who, you know, was, you know, inspiration to your men a lot to you in your past that you want to do a home renovation for. And of course, Joe's mom came to mind. So we called her from the set of Bob Hart Sabashola. Joe called her and said, Mom, you, you want a renovation? <laughs> Mayor was uh, like, sure. <laughs> she was one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we got to do this lovely renovation to her house. I don't want to give away anything, but I, I think it's just, it's going to be such a, the, the guys that produced the show really fell in love with Pittsburgh. And, and I just showed them the kind of Pittsburghers that I loved and grew up around. And, and then we really gave them a good dose too, because we did a little memory lane stuff. I took them, I took Boston Rob, who did all the, uh, he was, he won Survivor, was a great construction guy. But I got to tell you, man, salt of the earth guy, even though he's a Patriots fan, but we had a <laughs> <laughs> for the week we were there together and uh he married that to, girl from bridgeville amber right and and amber. he was telling me he goes you don't understand i got he goes i got steelers friends in my house <laughs> such a great guy man and so good at what he does and the, the, michelle the host and, and sabrina does the design like they were amazing people they're really into really making someone happy by changing something in their house and we did it and we i captured so much pittsburgh too and one day he was putting in a rail up there and i said you know i gotta give you a proper blue collar thank you i gotta buy you a beer so i took him into rocco's and swissville showed him the old house then i made a call out to kennywood and, and i i let michelle and me we rode the jackrabbit by ourselves <laughs> after i won her six foot banana i mean i gave him the whole pittsburgh that is incredible so, so i hope everybody will tune in and join us i think we represented what's best about pittsburgh and when, when is that on bill is so adorable on tv i think she's going to get a five picture deal out of this i really do she's just <laughs> what, adorable on TV. sometime when in the summer where? right we're gonna, we're gonna, I think it airs in July. They're also doing Aaron Donald. So they were in Pittsburgh for two weeks. It was me and Aaron Donald. He's gonna do one. And then they, I think they do 10 of them. They're gonna air in July. I will let you know when that all comes up. Billy Gardell on the DVE Morning the Show. That's it for us gosh. today. Thanks to uh, Tim Benz for filling in for Pursuita, and many thanks to you, Abby, for filling in for Abby, Val. Good, good game. Good game, my friend. Feel better, Mike. Thank you, Feel sir. better, Val. Michelle's got the electric lunch next at noon. Have a great day, everybody. I really don't know. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. So now you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Ah! You always say ah at the end of the ride. Mm -hmm. Oh, Murray! Murray! Google it! This is Chris Collinsworth. Here's what's trending on the iHeart Sports Network, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. 
A former Steeler wants to come back just to retire. Antonio Brown says he wants to hang him up as a Steeler. Brown forced his way out of Pittsburgh in 2019. Pirates got smoked by the Cubs last night, giving up eight runs in the first they play again tonight. It's game one of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Boston visiting Miami. Before that game, it's the NBA Draft Lottery, Orlando, Houston, and Detroit with the best odds to win the top pick. I'm Matt McCoy. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday? Well, with DraftKings Sportsbook, same game parlays, you can pocket more cash when you combine multiple.